Hello guys and girls and welcome to episode 11 of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4pm in Europe, 3pm in the UK and 10am in Central US. And if you missed the podcast for whatever reason, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or alternatively, if you just want to hear the audio-only version, you can check it out on Google Play Music and on iTunes. So today is a bit of a special episode because we're actually pre-recording the show, so we can have a special guest on the show, and I'll introduce you to him very shortly. So we'll also be around during the live stream on Saturday, so if you want to chat, we will be there to sort of communicate with you guys as well, so you won't be missing out on that at all. So I'm just going to introduce you to everyone in the room. So he likes to hang out with penguins in VR, and that is Nathy. Hey man, what's up? Hey man, how you doing? I'm wearing your uh, gift there. You like it? Yeah, that looks really, really nice actually. It looks cool. Yeah. Especially yeah, with all your thanks. Bioshock stuff in the background. Very, very nice. Thanks for making me a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our next up is uh, in space, you will be able to hear him scream. And that is Zimtok Five. <laughs> that does that does not help my reputation. Well, uh, who any anyone seen his from Other Sons video? You'll see that he uh, has got some lungs on him. He can really scream. This guy. So uh, Thank, thanks I for helping me out there, Mike. I think out. you took you took down the alien. So uh, that, that, that cleared that problem. Uh, so next up, he has a serious grudge against ring lights for some bizarre reason. He likes to smash them up. It is the rowdy guy. Yeah, man, they, they call me a rowdy for a reason, right? No <laughs> ring light is safe in, the, in my neighborhood. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And then we have uh, John Pell from Gunfire Games. Welcome, John. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, very nice to have you on board. And uh, last but not least, myself, the host of the show, Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. So uh, in today's episode, we've got a, a busy show for you guys. We are talking about the Pimax update. We've got the Vive Focus, uh, the Game Awards, uh, which has got some VR and AR game nominees. Uh, Black Friday VR deals is definitely not one to be missed. And we're also going to be talking about Gunfire Games and, of course, their new game from Other Suns. So I just want to kick off today, obviously, with the Pimax. We, we tend to talk about the Pimax at the beginning of every show just recently. So if you're getting really bored of the Pimax, let us know because uh, we'd like to know your comments and feedback. But this is just going to be a very quick one, so do bear with us. Uh, but I think it's fairly relevant. So uh, it's been about a week now since the, the Pimax Kickstarter has ended. So all the backers have, have funded it. And now they're starting to send out the survey emails. And what that means is that if you've never done a Kickstarter or anything like before, essentially you get a survey email about a week after. And they just ask you to confirm all your sort of uh, shipping details and everything else. Um, so Pimax recently sent out their survey. And it was interesting because they said that if you bought a bundle, which was like the headset, the base stations and the controller bundle, that the headset would ship earlier. So you'd get the headset around sort of early February, but you're not going to get your base stations or controllers until April. <laughs> so I was I was a bit confused about this because they never mentioned this in the initial Kickstarter campaign um, that they would have separate shipping timings for the accessories and, and stuff like that. So I think a lot of people as well would have probably changed their backing, um, what they backed, because they mm. would have maybe gone for the headset alone and then maybe bought some base stations yeah. and controllers for the Vive, because they're obviously going to be compatible, uh, instead of going all in on the bundle and then having to wait 
a couple of months until they actually arrive. So uh, what do you guys think about this? Like, I, I would be really disappointed right now yeah. if, I had, uh, if I'd backed it, the complete mm -hmm. bundle that is. But did they say that they were going to ship it together with the Pimax, first of all? They never said how they were going to do it. No, so you can actually choose to ship it with the Pimax, but you have to wait till April, obviously. So you can have the whole ah. package together in April, Jeez. or you can have the headset in February and wait till your controllers and the base stations arrive in April. Hmm. Yeah. So you can you can basically choose on whether they're going to ship it or not. So you, to can, you. yeah, you can choose to have it whether you have the headset early uh, in February, but it'll just be the headset alone. Or you like can an Amazon it. delivery, isn't it? It's yeah. like you know, okay, ship yeah. it to me as they're ready, or ship them to me when they're all together to you know. Mm. But exactly. who's gonna it's wait? Weird. Who's gonna wait? Right? Like you want your baby headset, your little baby hammerhead shark to arrive. So that yeah. you can greet that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... exactly. And I think, you know, for those that, that kickstarted this, if you wanted the full set, I think if you'd have known this prior to the, the, the Kickstarter being finished, you maybe would have just backed the headset alone and then found the Vive controllers and the, the base stations elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, because then you could have had the whole experience come February when the headset comes out. But now, if you don't have a Vive already, you're kind of screwed in a way. So um... It must be hard then if you like... Because then you, you'll get that headset. If you, if you want it early, you get that headset. And the only thing you can do with it is like, look at it. And <laughs> yeah. That must be hard to do. Yeah. I, I got the same. I got the same no, with my not the first Odyssey time. right now, man. Like, I, I don't have a Bluetooth adapter. So I need to look at my beautiful headset that I can't use. <laughs> oh, so I, no. I totally know the feeling, man. It's, it's horrible. I can only like touch it and then just talk to it in a way. But I can't use it. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Like I've actually had to, I sent Nathy my uh, Bluetooth <laughs> yeah. adapter, um, so hopefully he can, he'll get that in the next couple of days so he can actually try it out because yeah. um, a bit like me, I, he really struggled uh, getting the Bluetooth set up initially at first because, you know, if your Bluetooth is built into your motherboard, uh, it's not powerful enough uh, to, to actually communicate with the controllers whilst it's in your case so you need to attach your external antenna for it to communicate properly yes. and obviously uh the, the antenna for some reason wasn't supplied with nathy's motherboard so i sent him mine because they're both asus boards so hopefully that will work uh for him but yeah so nathy you know that the struggle is real when it comes to having a headset and not being able to use it and i think uh, a lot of pimax backers are going to feel that way yes. come early february yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, I mean, you, you pre-order it in a way, and you have, like, certain expectations of when it's getting delivered and how. Um, so, yeah, it, it's a shame in a way. I, I'm really curious as well how they are going to ship that large amount of headsets. Are they able to handle that, you know? I mean, we have seen Rift struggling as well at the start with CV1. Like, is that gonna happen again with Pimax? I, I mean, 50-50? Or is it, like, a higher chance yeah. that's gonna happen? I don't know. I wonder if they, like, kind of set the but, scene, right? Because, I mean, lots of people were... That was the kind of make-or-break case for them. Uh, you know, when they were making that, that critical decision. It's like, Rift or Vive, what am I going to pick? And, you know, some people were like, well, I can wait. But, yeah, the touch controllers came so much later than I think was initially anticipated. And here, mm -hmm. it just kind of feels like people have been swindled a little bit, and I can understand that, you know? Because mm -hmm. the expectation is the things are going <laughs> to ship together, but... It's yeah. funny now, especially that the well, they, base stations are coming later, because that is a spec, yeah. that's a design spec mm -hmm. that has been public for, what, a year and a half now? Yeah. They have been, like, advertising it as a full package, and not as, like, hey, uh, this is, like, an extra, and you can get it later. Um, I, like, as, as Mike said, I think they, they knew that they couldn't ship it all together from the start, so they just kept it uh, under the radar, in a way. And then, now they really need to tell everyone, because, I mean, yeah, you're about to 
uh, ship everything. So you need to be honest to everyone, but it's kind of late. There, is there know? a reason why they ship it later? Because I mean, it's not. I don't think anyone bought a Pimax for their controllers, right? I mean, they, uh, they, they buy it for the headset. What is the reason that they're delaying it? Since... So you, you you can still get the headset in February, but you you know, unless you own the Vive base stations or controllers, you're not going to be able to use it really. Um, obviously, with the controllers, they literally just at the end of the campaign announced that it was going to have a trackpad or thumbstick. So they they changed wow. the design really late on in the yeah, game. Yeah. So they've got a lot of work to do and a lot of manufacturing mm -hmm. and tooling to do. So I can understand mm -hmm. why they've delayed it, but the fact that they didn't communicate that clearly at the beginning is a bit disappointing, I think. Now, before you yeah, get away okay. too far from the uh, from the whole Bluetooth headaches uh, topic, I wanted to bring up something I meant to bring up last week, uh, which is a question for anyone who's got a Vive. Has anyone actually used the Vive tie-in to mobile? Uh, what I mean is it has Bluetooth capability that can alert you to oh, incoming calls and things like yes. that. I've never even yes. tried it. Nathy, have you given I, it a go? No, but I did do some research on that uh, when it launched and also six months later to wait for some updates, you know. But I heard it wasn't that great. Um, like in a way where the connection wasn't coming through that well and people couldn't hear you. Mm. Uh, but I don't know, like I haven't really tried it, so I'm, this is based on the internet and you know the internet can be a very uh, mixed place of opinions. So, the nearest, uh, <laughs> I suppose the nearest, who, the nearest kind of component I mean, that's like that nice, is probably the nice Oculus feature. Rift. It's a nice feature, but I don't know, I, I have never really heard anyone using it. When I yeah. bought my Vive, I was like, wow, I can even call with this thing, you know, it's really the future, but in the end I never used it, so. Well, there's also the knock, like the like knock knock. So if you're in VR on the Vive, oh, the I don't knock, know if the Rift knock, has yeah. an equivalent <laughs> where you've got like a software button on the screen, and your wife or whatever can walk in and like push a button to basically <laughs> give you a knock knock in the headset. Like that's literally they patched that in shortly after launch, and I always wondered like who's using that? I mean, maybe it's useful to like one dude out in like Tallahassee, but <laughs> if it was like a, I, I tried a that, knock, I tried that once, and amazing. it didn't work for me. It didn't work like, for you. I, I tried it. It didn't. I didn't hear a knock. <laughs> maybe I set it up wrong. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing I never understand. Like, th th there's these lovely things, and maybe uh, <laughs> maybe John can uh, can can say this. But like, when you're developing software, right? You have to kind of look at the kind of seventy thirty of like, who's going to actually use this function? Should we really develop it? You know, is it something that makes sense to kind of put out there? Um, because there's so many features like this that you see them spending time and resources on. And you just wonder, like. Who was thinking this was a good idea? I think with like, uh, especially with uh, Valve, I think they do a lot of just let's try something, throw it against the wall and see if it sticks. Especially yeah. like with the vibes, they're like, that would be cool. What you know? I'm sure it was like a group of people were like, that would be cool, and then they just went off and did it, and like, cool, it shipped with it. Or hey, what if we did this? And and yeah, like you guys are saying, if nobody's using it, they're probably just like, eh, why bother supporting it? Yeah. To be fair, though, that's how the VR market probably started, right? Well, let's just try this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's see, true. Yeah. See if it a works. lot of research is being done in that way. Like, I mean, they, they start off with trying something and sometimes it doesn't work. I mean, I heard this story once about like sticky notes. There was yep. this guy who, who, uh, who said like, oh, yeah, we, we, we tried developing a glue and, uh, you know, the glue doesn't work. You know, and he presented it on like a, on the on the conference and there was a company in there. I said, well, we're actually looking for a glue that doesn't work that well. And so the sticky note was born. What? Wow. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's a true story. 
They were trying <laughs> yeah, to actually, yeah. they were trying to create, I think it was on a, on a military contract in the US. Yeah. They were trying to create like mm -hmm. the strongest glue possible. And they came up with this variant, yeah. which was like the weakest glue possible. And it ended up, <laughs> yeah, selling like, like mad. Yeah, the post-it note. Yeah. Bizarre, bizarre. But we're seeing that in we're seeing that in VR right now, aren't we? I mean, like we're seeing that right around the place. Like, what cons control scheme doesn't work? What hardware feels wrong? Like all that kind of stuff. We're going through that right now. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah. So, like, I want to say one last thing about like the Pimax because, uh, like, usually uh, when you want to build up the hype for a product that launches, I see some companies also like doing a video on where they go to the factory, and you see them like getting made. Like, has Pimax already started making those HMDs or those controllers? Uh, are they ready to go or not? Mm. I, I know this is like, you guys can't really give an answer on this. No, but no. Like, there's yeah. no, you, you don't know, but... I know, I, I, I agree. Like, a video like that would put a lot of people's mind at rest, I think. You know, yeah. especially with the these this recent announcement that you're going to have to wait. I think some reassurance from them that they're going to be shipping out the headsets early february would be very reassuring in a way but what i would say is that if you've backed a pimax and you want the controllers and the base stations i would start looking for them now because come january february time they're going to be rare as hen's teeth to get rid of these to get hold of these things so um i would start looking now to, to get vive controllers yeah. and base stations but i'd be interested to know what john like if any of your team interested in the pimax or have you sort of looked at it in any way or are you just not interested in sort of looking at this as a device uh, it's, it seems interesting for sure. Um, I mean, it's it's really where all of our games have been published by Oculus, so it's kind of like we're we're kind of in a way tied to that hardware. Mm -hmm. um, but the, all the virtual reality stuff that comes out is really interesting to see. Just kind of see what the level of interest is. Where you know, if it's one thing, does it does it is this is this the thing? A lot of people I'm sure are asking, is this the thing that's going to bring everybody in, or is this just another just you know split from the yeah. kind of already standard. So it is, it's interesting to watch for sure. Um, yeah. Definitely kind of De hang back for now. Yeah, definitely. Especially like, because we've discussed this before, you know, that it seems like the whole industry are going towards mobile, whereas Pimax seems to be the only one that's really pushing forward in terms of like real enthusiast level VR. So yeah. like, you know, Oculus and Vive are, are very sort of focused on the mobile market right now. So it is interesting. Which and is a great thing. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, they're yeah, focused externally. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, that's yeah. what we know publicly. That's not necessarily what's happening in the R&D shop. So it's just, true. it's, true. That, that no, it's a very true. different thing. <laughs> publicly, but what, what, what I mean, it's nice yeah. to see that a company like Pimax can bring in so much money with the promise of yeah. making a next, next gen headset. Yeah, true. Yeah. I mean, that means that there is a lot of interest. Yeah, right? absolutely. Even from current, because I, I assume that a lot of the of the backers are people that actually already own a headset or yeah. I, I, I don't know of course but from what I've what I've heard from people is that a lot of people already own a headset and they just want like the next step up yeah yeah no. I mean like the, the, the numbers uh, like that's also a thing yeah like you don't really know how many people already like bought one you also got the companies that just buy like 200 of those um, you know so it's like yeah is everyone like let's say uh, <laughs> sweet viver and like pre-ordering one or are there also companies that say like yeah you just just do me like uh 20 of those uh and uh or like like maybe buying some themselves i don't know yeah um, yeah i mean yeah. nathan makes a good point on on stats and stats inflation i can imagine the mm. number of windows mr headsets being inflated just because it's got microsoft's name against it um you know that 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 is is a, a fair amount of padding if we were to look at their statistics mm. you know similarly i would say that how many businesses buy a psvr Right, I mean they've they've crossed a million uh, in terms of headsets sold. That's a great figure. 
don't think there's too many businesses out there other than like web cafes, you know, buying, buying that up. The business applications for PlayStation aren't, aren't, aren't large. No. Mm. Yeah, true. But yeah, going back to obviously, you know, the, the, the focus on mobile, it kind of ties us in nicely with the Vive focus, uh, which is a standalone headset from HTC. Obviously, uh, you know, they've recently announced some more information about it at a show uh, earlier on in the week. So they're actually ditching uh, the plan to release a Daydream headset. Uh, they were going to sort of partner up with Google and release a Daydream headset together with them, but they're no longer going to be doing that now. And they haven't ruled it out in future, but right now their focus is on their own product and their own platform. So the Vive Focus, just to go through the specs just very quickly, is going to have a Snapdragon 835 processor, uh, an AMOLED screen, uh, two front-facing cameras to do inside-out tracking, very similar to how the Windows Mixed Reality platform works. It's actually got a physical IPD adjustment wheel, which is a, a very nice uh, implementation. Uh, it has got a headphone jack, so you can use your own audio, but it also has built-in audio, um, very similar to the Oculus Go, in that it's got slots in the head strap, which channel audio down from the headset itself, which is a, a nice feature. Uh, it's got a micro USB port for, for charging it up, uh, and then uh, it features six degrees of freedom from the headset itself, uh, which is very interesting because the Oculus Go has th uh, three degrees of freedom from the headset and a three degrees of freedom uh, controller, whereas the Vive Focus has uh, six degrees of freedom with the headset and three degrees of freedom with the controller. So that's How? kind of a little... Well, How? That's the... what I want to know. Like, what's the technology behind that? Because when I read that, mm -hmm. I was super cynical about it. But, like, is that under wraps or do we know anything? No, so so it's the two front-facing cameras that are going to provide that. So it's a bit like the the Windows Mixed Reality platform. That's yeah. how it uses the tracking with these two front-facing cameras. So that's how the Vive Focus is going to do the same thing. Um, we don't have any indication of price or release, but you know, compared to the Oculus Go, that's going to launch at you know 199 bucks, it's got to be have to be aggressively priced to compete in that market. I think. Um, it's better technically well. spec. I'll bet you it'll come out for 399. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's not competing with 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 the Go because they are like focusing no. on the Asian market. Only, that's true. You know, that's it's true. not coming to Europe or or like America. So, and and that's later. the thing. Like when I when I saw the release of like the the because there was a live stream. You know, they announced it through a live stream. And uh, when I first saw the headset, I was like, I don't know, is this like a headset for kids in a way? You know, it looks kind of like a rubbery thing that you can throw around, you know? Like, the design, I, I don't really like it that much. But let's say from a European perspective, people are like, yeah, nah, that's, that's too bulky. But from an Asian perspective, it actually fits, like, the style what people like there. You, you get it? Like, I really have the feeling that that's weighing in, in a way. I'm not sure. Maybe I'm just, just but I think so, yeah. I just, I just, color. I saw a picture on Facebook of like where someone compared the the Vive Focus to one of those Croc shoes, <laughs> and it really looks like it. It really does. I don't know why, but it really does. Like, dude, if you're gonna wear it on a video, people say like, "How did you get the Vive Focus? Did you import it or something?" No, I just <laughs> yeah, bought it at a shoe store, man. <laughs> yeah. So, like, like Nathy said, it, you know, it looks like they're just uh, gonna be focusing on the Asian market uh, at launch. But, you know, I'd imagine eventually it will be coming to the West um, when we'll all be able to check it out. Um, but, yeah, it will be interesting because this is like the direct competition to the Go, right? So we've kind of got this um, battle for mobile VR as well coming, which is going to be very, very interesting indeed. Um, but, yeah, like, like uh, you know, Oculus said at their Oculus Connect event, you know, they've got their sort of VR enthusiast level, which is the Rift. Same here. They've got their VR enthusiast level with the Vive. 
and then they got the focus for the on the goers as they refer to them mm-hmm. um, but but it's only china only it's not even the entire asian market i, I, I oh. presume it's it's only china well, is that like a test that they're testing out the, the device there before uh, they like go uh, and worldwide or what is the I don't or do really they really not test. intend to huh I don't think it's a test. I mean, uh, like uh, HTC has like a really good like market in in like China. You know, like they got a really big HQ there. You know, they do a lot of events there. They work together with all kinds of companies and developers. So I think like launching it there, like I, I think they they have been advertising this for a while there now. I mean, we haven't seen the advertisement, but I think they have been hyping this up for a while now. Like so so they headsets. don't even they don't even consider bringing this to the to the Western market. Uh, I like so. I, I don't really see this thing as like a Western. Then they need to make something else because I don't have the feeling this like design wise at least. Well, they just make it's it black, like, Nathie. That would sell it. No, it doesn't have to be any other. I mean, <laughs> nah, okay, the, the garish kind of blue color is 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 maybe uh, off putting, right? And but I that's think it would the be thing, the same like thing to the American market. But the the way yeah. like like China as a market can stand on its own and. The other thing that I would say is there are other VR headsets that we haven't talked about on this podcast yet that are exclusively in Asia, you know, that, yeah. that are that are competitors, direct competitors to the Rift and Vive. And yeah. the kind of footprint there, I'd be very interested to look at the numbers, who's winning in that market, because I bet yeah. you it's very uh, different to who's winning here. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Yeah, you're right. Because when I looked at the statistics, they had like a pie chart of the the different VR headsets that sold, mm. and there were some brands on there that were bigger than Oculus uh, over there that I'd never even heard of. You're, you're, so you're right. In it, that it could be it could be that just much more people buy VR there. I mean, maybe maybe seventy percent of their market is there anyway. Mm-hmm. We need an Asian correspondent. If you would like, please write to. <laughs> <laughs> but there is one thing, like the, the I think the Vive Focus will have some success there because they have been linking it to Vive Part since the start. Yeah. Like they have Vive Part yeah. running for a while. This is like exclusively working together with Vive Part as well. So people, I think a lot of people there use Vive Part, you know, like, oh, here we're like, hey, give us Steam, you know, give us Oculus Home, give us some, some more platforms than only one. But mm-hmm. there it's like, I think people are really like attached to mm-hmm. Vive Part there, at least yeah. the people that used the Vive before. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely like that, that this is kind of the way things are going in a way, because I like the idea of having a headset on the go. Uh, because like, you know, I've got so many friends and family that I'd love yeah. to show VR to, but I just can't get them to where my PC is in my little Smeagol cave area. Yeah. Um, so, you know... I'm imagining ha- <laughs> like breadcrumbs leading into your cave, like, exactly. come on, just ushering come them on. in. Come on. Um, so having a mobile headset on the go, you know, that's completely standalone that you don't need a phone for, because I'm like yeah. an Apple fanboy, so I don't have an Android phone, so I never got into the Gear VR scene. But having the Oculus Go or something like this, you know, would be ideal to take to a party or something like that and get all my yeah, friends uh, on the hype yeah. train for VR. Um, but John, like, I don't know, uh, you know, what you can say about this, because, you know, you've been involved with Oculus um, for some time now. And I think, am I right in saying that Dead and Buried was kind of a demo for the Oculus Go? Um or was it yeah, shown it off was, in any way? I mean, it was. It's. It's a full-fledged game, but it was definitely meant. That's why if if you bought, I think at the time if you bought a touch, uh, you got it free. So it was basically kind of like the pack-in game. Yeah. Because um, we just it, it was a social game and it was like a touch game. So it was definitely like let's get every let's get this out to as many people as possible. So it's yeah. a chance for like everybody to play it and try it. Um, so yeah. yeah. Do you think what? um you you'll be um making uh, like a port of this on on the go or anything like that or are you looking at that sort of that product to develop games for in the future or is it something you can't really talk about 
I mean, I can't really say too much. I mean, it, the other thing too is it's it's uh it's unlike uh, Kronos or even from other Suns, like uh, we came on to Dead and Buried, and it was like kind of an internal project they had been working on for a while. So it's like it's up to Oculus at that point if they want to bring us back to do some cool stuff with it. Um, you know, yeah. we're 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 always open to that because we love working with them. But Con- control it's, it's scheme kind of wouldn't an, work like though. Oculus what is IP at this point? Hmm. Would the control scheme work in that game? Because isn't Which, it a single controller? Or am I wrong about that? Oculus Go. Uh, Oculus Go. Go. Oh, Oculus Go. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of a small singular controller, but. Um, yeah. I guess sure, you could still do a quick sure draw or something work. with that. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, I guess you wouldn't be able to like do the dual wielding, but you definitely could. I could see a way doing it with a single controller. Quick draw yeah. could be fun. Yeah, that yeah. would be nice. That would be nice. <laughs> look, yeah. look, you're already selling Zim a copy. I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I played the other one. I had loads of fun. Actually, uh, it was some of the best Wild Wild West stuff um, that I've I've actually touched and. I think for some reason Wild Wild West goes down very well in VR. Like the multiplayer was really good, especially when you had like trains passing and stuff like that. So um, something like that in VR. I mean, again, the thing that I like to think back to is Goldeneye. You know, when I was a teenager, that was Mm -hmm. the thing that we went from house to house playing and just fucking love that. (laughs) Any game that can captivate that kind of gameplay on the go, even headset to headset. I don't know if they've got any standalone headset to standalone headset networking. If they did, that would be uh, a bit of a dream. Dude, this is yeah. like the beginning of like handheld VR. Like this has been gone for yeah. a while where you mm-hmm. had like your a Nintendo uh, DS or like a Thons and you were like, hey, can, do you have a cable as well? You know, yeah, let's let's <laughs> Remember, I notes, met my know? wife with uh, a Nintendo DS. So uh, I've proven <laughs> the fact that wireless handheld gaming works very well. No, but I you, think you're just uh, proving that you're both nerds, you know. That <laughs> <laughs> too. Oh, that roast, that roast. But, um, no, I think it's interesting with all those specs of like the, the the Go and also the Focus. Like it will be so much easier for people to join up at like a certain location and, and play yeah. a, a game against each yeah. other in a way, yeah. wireless. So yeah, and that's, that's going to be nice. And even something like uh, VR chat would be such a nice application for a platform <laughs> like that. You know, like like me and Nathy jumped into to VR chat with Rowdy uh, and, uh, and Lonely Viper as well, like recently. And we just had such... A blast playing VR chat. Like it's the craziest place. I'd yeah. never been in it before, and I just like opened my eyes to the world of VR <laughs> yeah. chat. Like it was the maddest place ever. But like something like that on a on a mobile platform would bring so many more more people to the platform, and it would make it really yeah. vibrant community there. Uh, so that would be really, really cool as well. So I'm excited about the social aspect of mobile ah, VR as well. Dude, that's crazy. Like you buy a headset for maybe like 200 bucks and you, you open it and suddenly you're like smoking a cigarette with a penguin, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's that's the dream right there. So there's other things we can get you there right stuff. now, Nathie, but... Uh... <laughs> they, they, they should just take that clip of you saying that and put that in their like trailer for the headset. You can smoke cigarettes with a penguin. Like what more do you want in life? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So moving on then from obviously the Vive Focus to the Game Awards. So the Game Awards are coming and they've got nominees for the best VR and AR games. So here are the nominees. Obviously you can go and vote yourself and I'll put a link in the description down below so you can go and cast your vote. But here are the nominees for the uh, VR and AR games. So we've got uh, Super Hot. We have got Star Trek Bridge Crew. We've got Lone Echo and Echo Arena. They're kind of bundled into one uh, vote. Uh, we've mm. got Farpoint, and we've mm. got Resident Evil 7. So Ooh. out of those five titles, one by one, I'll go around the room, which one would you choose to be your best VR AR game 
uh, for 2017. So I think I'll go with Nathy first. Wait, repeat them one more time. Super hot, Star Trek Bridge Crew, Lone Echo and Echo Arena, Farpoint, and Resident Evil Seven. Ooh, that's that's tough, right? Yeah, that's I, tough. like for me, it's that's like really tough. for me, it's like or super hot or Farpoint because I think Farpoint is like the underdog here. Yeah, for sure. Because Farpoint was like the first uh, game for the PlayStation VR with like an aim controller and it worked like it worked really well. Yeah, yeah that one. Yeah, exactly. It's so Zim, cool. Zim got so one. Cool. That was like awesome. So... This, 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 it works so well. So it works incredibly yeah, really well. The gun thing. presence is better than anything else. Well, I don't know, Rowdy. Yeah. Have you tried this? Yeah, I, I did like six videos on Farpoint or something. Oh, you did? And, and, and how does it compare to the rigging that you use with the Vive controllers? The Pro Tube. Uh, then, but I haven't really like played that much with the Pro Tube yet, but it's, um, it's, it's not... I, w I would still say that the Farpoint controller is better because it's a controller itself. Yeah. And with the, with the Pro Tube, you still need to like put the... With the things in you have more flexibility with the pro tube though yeah uh, you can like uh, uh get like all the um, all the things out and uh, you can like uh, reload manually yeah. and you can like uh, throw grenades so you have you have more flexibility in that yeah. way uh but in terms of like control schemes and like you know just ease of use i really think that the farpoint controller is uh yeah. It's, it's it's really nice. The thing with, with PlayStation, of course, is it's mostly forward facing. Yeah? You don't you don't have yeah. any enemies coming from your back also in uh, in Farpoint. Not not anywhere I played at least. You do uh, not often, not often, but you do. You have the little I, I didn't crab have guys come at you it. from behind you. Oh, really? Depends on how fast you're going through it though, because they do. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. If you and also if you play multiplayer, they were like behind you. That's right. Yeah. But in the end, it was a front oh, yeah. facing thing. Um, but yeah, uh, going back to what I voted, I already voted, so I mean, I'm saying something that I don't really need to, like, <laughs> that's the thing. But I voted for Super super Hub, but if we start talking about, like, Farpoint again, I, maybe I kind of regret my vote in a way, but I don't you know, should. like, yeah. If Super Hub wins, I quit. <laughs> I quit VR. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've discussed this like before. Title. Yeah. We have, we yeah. have. This but is I, a, like, this is a, for me, like, I think issue. Farpoint nailed it down with, like, a new controller, and but Superhot really pushed VR forward, in a way. Mm. What about you, Rowdy? Hmm. It's, a, it's a hard... I mean, I really like Superhot as well, uh, just because of the game mechanics. I think it's a, it's a really cool title, but... Um, I'm not gonna. I haven't voted yet, huh? so I haven't. I haven't done that yet. <laughs> um, but I think. I mean, I've, I'm always saying on like the on like pretty much every video and every live stream and every podcast. I always say, oh, I really want like more single player experiences that have like a good storyline. Uh, and out of those, you have basically what well, Farpoint and uh, Lone Echo. Uh, and Lone Echo also has a great uh, multiplayer with the Echo Arena. So I think my vote actually goes to Lone Echo. Okay, I nice. think that's uh, it's a great single-player experience, uh, great graphics, great storytelling, um, great character development. It's basically, I mean, yeah. it's 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 quite short, maybe, uh, what you expect from a single-player experience. Although I still did like, uh, I mean, I still haven't finished uploading all the videos. I finished the game now, though. Uh, Smash my ring light while playing it. <laughs> 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 but yeah, I think that's what my vote goes to. Okay, cool. Really good, isn't it? I mean, I think. I think that just to just to touch on that as well, I felt that the first say two hours of gameplay in Lone Echo is probably some of the best like cinematography in a game, and definitely mm. the nearest to human experience I've had with yeah. a non-human 
That character yeah. who you're, you know, you're a robot, but the character you're dealing with, what's her name? I can't remember. Alicia Rhodes. Yeah. Is Whoa. that her name? <laughs> Alicia Rhodes, yeah. Is that yeah. the actress who, or voice no, that, artist? That, or is... that's, that's her name, Captain Rhodes. Alicia Rhodes. Uh, oh, yeah. Captain Rhodes. That's why I didn't yeah, recognize yeah. the first name. We weren't on a first name basis, at least. Well, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I, I got to know her pretty Did you well. talk to the devs? Did you guys get a little bit of <laughs> no, no. <laughs> background scenes? I was taking yeah. notes. But it was, yeah. it was special. Yeah, yeah, it was special. Yeah, it's kind of like, that's the thing. I, what I notice is that, how do you really vote? Like, Rowdy votes because he wants the story. You know, he, he, he wants games that have a good story. I'm like, hmm, I like story too, but I also want to have games that, for example, with like Doom soon and Skyrim and Fallout, they push BR forward in a way. So I think that, that Super Hot also had like a, an effect on that. Definitely. But that's it. Like, yeah, everyone has like their definitely. own reason to like, vote on a certain title, you know? Uh, like, let's say if I played Resident Evil, I'm, like, scared of horror games. I would never vote on that one because I'm too scared for that stuff. Do you get my point? So it's like, yeah. Well, I, but, I uh, agree. I mean, it. I love Super Hot, and I think it really, it's it, it's still up to date one of my, my favorite games, I think, and yeah. games that I just, like, you know, just jump in just to have, like, some, some yeah, fun. I mean, just we also played Star Trek. So cool. I mean, we also played Star Trek yeah. together. It was really funny, but in the end, it's not a game I came back to in a way, you know, or... So it's kind of like, yeah, it's a, it's a mix of like different uh, like things. So uh, what's your vote, uh, Zim? I like the other guys. I, I had trouble thinking it through. Um, so I was actually leaning towards Sloan Echo at the beginning when you posed the question, but I've settled somewhere <laughs> else. Uh, super hot, although I appreciate its merits. I don't think it's, you know, deep enough an experience or... I suppose I don't share Nathie's uh, opinion that it, it's pushing VR forward. I think it's a good demo, but beyond that, some of the scenes are cool, and, you know, I, I don't think it's a backwards step. But um, Bridge, Bridge Crew doesn't belong on the list, in my opinion. I think that was, uh, I think it's got the Star Trek name. They did a decent job of giving us four-player co-op. I think yeah. From Other Sons does it ten times better. Um, so, nice, nice in terms of, <laughs> you know, in Bam. terms of picking, I'm going to back the winning horse here. Because Resident Evil 7 and the feckin' PlayStation market is going to win this vote. Go on, guys! Uh, because it was not only a great single player that had the right texture right the way throughout, the atmosphere was right. The DLC, which is normally just a cash-in, was actually separate games, independent, totally playable. Some of them replayable ad infinitum. Um that were really, really positive experiences. I was a bit reticent going into it. There's a room escape game. There's a repeatable survival game. There's a card game. And all of it carries the same nasty flavor of Resident Evil. The only thing yeah. that I don't like about Resident Evil, which would pull me back in the other direction, is that it's inconsistent. It felt like two different dev studios made the first half and the second half of the game. Like, halfway through, it kind of does this funny switch up, just like what happened in Alien Isolation where you're like really into the experience and then all of a sudden the tone changes it's like well hang on now i'm playing a console game whereas before i was in a movie you know so that's the only mm -hmm. thing that made it to me feel a little bit disjointed but i've got to say the total package yeah. it's like five games in one so yeah. resident the, the evil problem the problem that i have a little bit with, with resident evil and I, I think that some people has that as well is that if you look at the other games that are in this list they're games that were developed solely for vr it's a fair uh, all, point. all of the games, all of the it's games, in there, and I, I respect Resident Evil a lot huh, for for bringing that title, which is, I mean, they they did it basically like to, just to tease us a little bit, I guess, mm. to bring that also to VR. Um, 
of course, you know, it's not with the move controllers. Eh? It's just with the with the controller that you play it. Another good that's, point. That's, Those are two very good counterpoints, thing. Rowdy, I have to say. So Yeah, um... and that is for me the reason why but I, I do I, I mean I, I think it's great that when 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 other developers that normally make PC games also bring their title like at a VR mode or at like a playable in VR yeah. mode. I think that's great and for that alone it already deserves to be uh, to be nominated nah. or maybe even and... win. I mean, compared to all those other titles, like Resident Evil was like the the biggest hit of all. Like yeah, the, the, the the hype of that was like humongous. Like on on social media everywhere. Like I'm playing Resident Evil now. Everyone wanted to tell other VR enthusiasts, I'm playing this game right now. You know, so like still still not the scariest game I've ever played in VR though. <laughs> yeah, I think we'll come to that shortly. <laughs> Um, so John, what about you? If you had to choose a game from from that list, I know it's a difficult one. What would yeah, you choose? Um, I don't know. I feel like uh, like like Lone Echo and Echo Arena together really makes a, a super compelling like argument, just because you have two very different experiences, and it's kind of like almost like a cheat code because it's like, wow, this one is totally a esports kind of game, and this other one's is very in depth um, story game, and both of them are really good. But I from a kind of go back to perspective i definitely like uh super hot i think yeah. that one just it just felt really good i it, i like that it was i mean it was it was similar to the pc one but it was a completely different experience which i thought was really cool like it wasn't like resident evil it's like yeah it's it's kind of like you could play it the same way either way which it's super impressive that they even were able to get it running in vr um on the playstation but there's something about like they they went in and didn't actually change the game up and the, the kind of the feel and I mean it point. still felt like super hot but the just it felt right for the the controllers and it just had a really cool feel to it and it, it was something I wanted to keep coming back to just because yeah. I guess it's, it's maybe it's the run base nature of the game it's just like I can play a little bit cool I'm good and it's not it's, it's just like oh I'm gonna try it again or have a really good run of like four or five times yeah. so I, I get that gets my vote yeah and I, I totally agree with you and Nathie on that as well like it gets my vote as well and, uh, you know, I know that we all have different opinions, but I think that's great in a way because uh, it's great to have different opinions uh, on things. But I sort of echo your reasoning behind it, and that's just the way it made me feel. It just made me Let feel me like just... a total badass. Yeah. Let me just zoom in on, on Zim for a moment there. Because... <laughs> the, the face <laughs> of disappointment. <laughs> yeah, I might have won. The, I might have lost the battle. I'm going to win the war. You just watch, guys. It's one million PlayStation players. And trust You're probably me, a right. chunk of those played, played uh, Resident yeah. Evil. But I, I, you know me. Yeah. I don't go for popular vote. I just no. think that's a characteristic that happens yeah. to be, be there. And also, I don't think a lot of people played the DLC, um, which is what they're really missing out on. So mm. if you do yeah. have it and you haven't played the DLC, Rowdy, then uh, give it a shot because yeah. it's, yeah. yeah. it's it's very very good quality. Yeah. And this brings me on to yeah. a really nice segue because if you if you don't have any of these headsets, now is the perfect time to buy a headset because Black Friday is coming, and we have got some amazing amazing Black Friday VR deals coming very very soon. So check this out, right? The Oculus Rift will be available with the Touch Bundle for three hundred and fifty dollars from Best Buy and Newegg. Uh, that's going to be available from the twenty third of November to the twenty fifth. So if you're looking for a Rift, that is a, an amazing deal. Uh, the HTC Vive is going to be an available for five nine nine, and that's with the deluxe audio strap and uh, Fallout Four, and that's going to be available from the twenty fourth to the twenty seventh of November. Then we've got uh, Windows Mixed Reality headsets. They're going to be running uh, a big sort of discount on Black Friday for their line of uh, headsets as well. There's going to be up to a hundred dollars off. 
Um, they're going to be available on the Microsoft Store, and that's going to be starting from the 23rd, running also to the, the 27th. Also the Samsung one. So it doesn't ah. say exactly how much ah. it's going to be off, but it will tell you... I'm going to send uh, it back. Yeah. <laughs> send it back <laughs> get my money back. <laughs> what is but, this? So it, we don't know the exact uh, discount for each headset, but they just say up to 100 USD off uh, the, the range. So they're not specific about which uh, headset gets the most money off, but up to $100 off one of them. Okay. Um, so that would be really nice. And especially because like right now, we literally found out just this week, that now you don't have to wait till December to play Steam VR on your Windows Mixed Reality headset. There is actually a, hmm. a way to to do it right now. So uh, they've they've brought it forward somehow. I don't know how, but they have. Uh, and also, uh, I've I've read this week and saw a video on YouTube of someone playing Oculus titles using Revive with the Windows Mixed Reality platform as well. So that kind of well, changes things up a little bit. It's um, like next level. It's like three stages of things you go through. Yeah, so, uh, you know, although, like, you know, I think I've been clear on previous episodes, I'm not a massive fan of the Windows Mixed Reality platform. It's certainly making it look a little bit more attractive in a way, but I think there's still some big barriers to entry here. Um, but well, there's we'll one big barrier you have been talking about that to me, uh, like, uh, last week, that you said that not every game works with uh, the Mixed Reality headset when you are on Steam VR. Yeah, that's right. So um, I think it was Upload or uh, a similar, it might have been uh, Road to VR, I'm not quite sure which which uh, publication it was, but basically they said that uh, they tried Gorn, uh, they had access to the Steam VR library, they tried yeah. Gorn with the Windows Mixed Reality headset and it didn't work. And it wasn't clear whether that was the button mappings weren't uh, synced up to the controllers so they couldn't get it to work properly, or whether the game just didn't work properly. We just don't quite know that detail yet. But it looks as though you have to implement Windows Mixed Reality sort of SDK in your game for it to be compatible on the Steam yeah. uh, store. So that is another thing. Uh, you know, we, we all assumed that Steam VR titles would work straight out of the box, but we don't think that's the case now. I just so, saw a thread on Reddit today, right. Mike, talking exactly about that. Some of the lead developers talking about the fact that there are... DLL libraries, I believe, that are associated yeah. with Windows MR uh, yeah. that are not supported in Unity builds, for instance. So yeah. like what you said there, um, it looks like there's a, a, a kind of a stark incompatibility yeah. Um, yeah. unless you are building strictly for that. And you have to kind of recode aspects of your game to be able to make it work. Yeah. So yeah. it's another barrier yeah. to entry. Yeah. But, um, but if you've been holding out for one, then, you know, if, you worry, yeah. if you're really desperate to get one, uh, then, you know, now's a yeah, good time to get time. one. Yeah, um, sure. Also, PSVR has got some very nice deals. Uh, great you know, deals on PSVR, th th this especially is, this in the UK as well. Yeah, this is a great deal. This is like uh, a PS4, one terabyte version, and a PSVR headset for 500 bucks. Like, that is a pretty sweet deal. That um, is amazing. That's the straight version, not the Pro. That's the straight version, not the Pro. So you're Small getting difference. You're getting vanilla PSVR and you're getting a, a PS4 yeah. with a one terabyte drive in it. But that's 500 bucks for like, you're straight into VR. A full, a full VR setup, huh? Yeah, yeah. A full yeah. VR setup. Yeah, and then you're ready to go. Or 500 uh, euros. And but it gets it's, even... I, it's, it, it's probably better still than the yeah. Windows Mixed Reality ones. So it gets even I mean, better than that in a way. Definitely because, better. Uh, you've got the Skyrim bundle. So that comes out on the 17th of November. That's going to have uh, the PSVR, uh, a PlayStation... Um, so actually, no, I don't think this comes with a, a, a PlayStation, actually. I think this is um, this is just the PSVR headset. Yeah, so it comes with a PSVR headset, a PlayStation camera, two Move controllers, Skyrim, uh, and that's $450. So that's a pretty good deal if you've it's, already got a PS4. Yeah. 
And then the, great, that's a great entry if you've got a PS4 or Pro. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then yeah, obviously, you, if you want to hold on a little bit longer from the 1st of December, you'll be able to play that bundle, but with Doom VFR instead. So 449, but with Doom VFR is part of the bundle. So again, a very, very nice deal there that's, as well. That's going to bring a lot of people in. Yeah. A lot of people into VR. Oh, yeah. Because that's, that's, that's the. That's, that's the kind of price that like kids spend on like you know uh, a Christmas present or something. That's right? a mm. perfectly normal price. Uh, they, they, no, they see all those VR videos. They all want to play VR, and this is the <laughs> ideal gift now. Huh? Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, we, don't forget with the Vive and with the Oculus and the well, some of the of the other ones, you still need a, a full PC. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's true. Yeah. So but again, like the place of VR is like a really appealing thing. You know, they got a nice box, and kids love that. They are more mm-hmm. attracted to. Like a, a console and, thing. It looks much cooler, you know, great with all games. the lights. Mm. I gotta say great another games. thing though about PlayStation VR as a platform, as a guy who runs the three headsets, right? I do Rift, Vive, and PSVR. Mm. PSVR has one material valuable difference that I didn't realize joining the platform, but I've only learned it talking to devs. And that's that they set the bar really high uh, in terms of everything from loading scenes and all that, having to hit the 90 frames a second. So what it means is, if a title that I play on Rift or Vive is running a little bit choppy, I can be guaranteed that maybe slightly lower resolution, but it'll run like butter on the PSVR. On the PSVR. So there are some titles Indeed. where I say, actually, I want to do that on PSVR instead. So there might be an impression out there, there was that I had before I got one, that you know it wouldn't be as capable a VR headset. But I have to say, slight resolution differences aside, you're trading re- resolution for field of view, really between the two Mm -hmm. because it's got better field of view it is a very capable you know headset and the only thing that i would say is if you're thinking oh will i spend the extra i don't know what it is 50 dollars to get a pro a ps4 pro to drive that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of games out there things like thumper and that really good bright colorful games high energy high active action that really leverage the additional resolution or graphical fidelity with the pro so if you are thinking hey let me let me go into the VR space, then consider getting yourself a pro and not necessarily going cheap and cheerful. And yeah, also, I it, mean, resolution yeah. is one thing, but image clarity on the on the PlayStation VR is it's phenomenal. I find that if I, if I put my because I, I before the PSVR actually came out, I was doubting like, am I going to get this? And I got a chance to try one out, and I was just blown away by how yeah. how little of the screen door effect that you actually see because they use those yeah. like sub pixels. It's it's really a great image that you get in that headset. I really have to, and indeed, like resolution wise, it's it's less. But in terms of, of image clarity, it's no. It's as long as you have like the sweet spot, really, that's really the good. thing with the headset. Like you need to find the sweet spot, and then if you yeah. found it, then it's great, you know. Um, but to be honest with you, Zim, like I played with the casual PlayStation as well for a couple of months. Then I switched to the Pro. Um, I did the same. Of course, like, uh, let's say if, if you got the extra money, do it. If you do not have the money or you're like, well, that's going to be tricky because I also need to spend other, like, my money on other stuff. And, it's, you know, it's then it, it's not a huge difference. Not like... No, it's like a 20% uh, difference. It yeah. was originally like 10. Uh, and then they tweaked it. And, yeah, more developers use the, the breathing performance but, in, in the yeah. Pro now. But let's say if you are new to VR and you try a PlayStation VR for Agreed. the first time, then you don't even, you know, you're not like, yeah, well, I could have gotten the Pro because it was sharper, <laughs> you know? Um, but, yeah, I think this is an amazing deal for consumers, but also for Bethesda in the end, because they have been uh, having a great year, of course, because of all those titles, like, reinventing them in a way. 
I yeah. still think that Skyrim might have some issues in a way. I mean, it's it's really surprising how they were able to get that working in VR. It's a very old game. You know, I mean, Doom has been built from the ground up for VR. So if I would pick one of the three, I would go for Doom and then Fallout and then Skyrim. I Like, Skyrim is so old. It's such an old game. I, it's, I don't it's know. Funny, how... It's funny that you mentioned that because I, I ran a, a poll on my Twitter a couple of days ago to see, like, you know, what, like, the general interest was. Uh, I got, like, about, like, maybe 200 votes or something. And Skyrim came out on top with uh, 40% of people who, uh, yeah, who wanted that's, to try it. That's, that has not, not only to do with, like, they want to have, like, it's an open world and Doom isn't, for example. Exactly. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. But it's also like Skyrim has a much bigger name than than Doom. Let's say Doom for old school people is like, oh yeah, Doom. Ah. But when you got like new uh, uh, gamers, it's like <laughs> yeah, fanboy. Uh, but in but terms with, of like bringing people in into into like the any kind of Skyrim, VR setup, yeah. it's it's Skyrim. Yeah, it's Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's funny because like, so are you saying anything from a performance perspective that you expect Skyrim might have some challenges on PSVR, or is it rather uh, it's like a game little, experience? Uh, like like in VR, you don't want to notice any any like you know like render distance things and stuff like that. I have the feeling you will notice that it's just uh, playing around with like the graphics and stuff like that. Um, I mean, pl I played it um, at Gamescom, and uh, back then uh, they uh, turned off like the puzzles in the first dungeon. You were in a dungeon first of all; you were not in the open world, so they were really playing on save back then. So, and that was like like a month or two ago. And everyone said like, yeah, but that's an old demo. Yeah, so if you got a new demo, you can also show it up, right? Um, but they do have walking logo. They do have teleportation. Um, so that's really nice. It's just that, I don't know. We will see what it's going to bring. You know, I mean, mm -hmm. uh, like Bethesda is known for making very nice open world games. And there are always funny bugs where you're stuck on a horse on like the top of a mountain, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Things That's like that. Part of it. That's yeah. part or with of Fallout it. where you're like, yeah, I, I almost got the boss and then you're suddenly getting stuck because of a bug, you know? But uh, I, I do really, I do really applaud Bethesda for uh, bringing a title oh, yeah. as challenging as, as Skyrim to a, to a completely new platform. Mm -hmm. But they, I mean, they're doing it with multiple platforms actually. They're also bringing it to, uh, to the Switch, uh, the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Yeah, that's. So, uh, I see a lot well, of that like... actually, don't we? So like Eleanor, right? There's another one that was delayed, but um, the titles that are developed for the Switch and developed for VR, it's almost like they're yeah, like, exactly. oh, we're gonna do that platform, we're gonna do this one as well. It just seems they seem to be going hand in hand, which yeah. uh, only makes me want even more. There was a there was a graphic that circulated on the internet about four months ago, which showed a headset that would snap in the Switch. And my God, that yeah. excited me because yeah. again, we talked about the, I mean, the switch is, is just such a driving force and I don't think we've talked about it too much here, but uh, we love the switch in my household and it is something that if they could do a VR headset with that, I think it would do very good things for the VR market. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I'm a massive fan of the switch as well. Um, but yeah, so that uh, they are your Black Friday deals. You know, if you're going to buy a VR and you want to get into VR right now, now moment. is the best time to get a VR headset, yeah. whether it be the Windows Mixed Reality one, the PSVR, the Rift, or the, or the Vive. You know, they're all great headsets in their own right. So, you know, just choose which one you want and go for it. But moving on now, obviously, to why our special guest is here, John Pearl from Gunfire Games. We're going to be talking about Gunfire Games and from Other Sons. So, John, uh, Gunfire Games, obviously, they're no stranger to VR titles. This is going to be your third title now, is, is that right? Uh, fifth, actually. Fifth title, wow. Yeah. Okay, so this is your, <laughs> you're, you're like VR veterans in the space when it comes to developing VR games, because I don't know any other developers that have 
made so many games for VR. So uh, h- how did uh, how did sort of Gunfire get into the VR space, and what kind of pushed you in, in that direction from the beginning? Well, um, I don't know if uh, many people know our history, but we a lot of us came from uh, visual games uh, where we worked on Darksiders one and two. Um, and from there, we were owned by THQ. THQ went out of uh, out of business. Um, we were closed down, and uh, Crytek uh, kind of swooped in and, and brought in a group of us to make Crytek USA. They went through some financial problems, and we just kind of said, "All right, let's just be masters of our own fate," kind of thing, and and just decided to start up Gunfire Games. Um, and from the time when we were at Vigil, uh, Jason Rubin was uh, the uh, like he came in at the end of THQ to try to salvage the ship at that point and he uh he was the he was the president of thq um but obviously now he's at oculus so he kind of reached out to us um and said hey you want to come come out to the oculus office and check out what we're doing and and at that point we didn't really have a solid plan what we were going to do with uh you know we just knew like hey you know what let's let's make our own fate um so we kind of went out there and I personally was really blown away. I know the other guys were really impressed too. I think they showed us um like a, a single two rooms I think it was from uh hero bound which it was called uh oh i forget a vr adventure at the time right. um and it was it was for the gear vr and i was just at that point i'd only seen uh the uh, the original like kickstarter oculus and just kind of all the, the weird like half-life hacks to make it work and i was just kind of like uh this is, is kind of weird it's kind of making me nauseous um but then just seeing that was just amazing like just being able to like look around in this room and it was like hey look looks just like zelda but it's it looks like it's really there so yeah. I think that just got us really excited um, and kind of got our foot in the door with with them. Um, so yeah, we did uh, what was it, Hero Bound uh, for steps, then Spirit Champion for the uh, gear as well, and then we also did a version of it for the Rift launch. Then we did Chronos, and then uh, worked with the Oculus uh, directly to do uh, Dead and Buried, and then obviously now from Other Suns. Yeah, yeah. So like I, I've played uh, Chronos, I've played Dead and Buried, and I've obviously played from Other Suns as well. Um, so, so when it came to obviously the very beginning, like breaking, you know, off and, and becoming your own studio, that must have been quite a scary thing for you guys. Was it quite scary at the time, or did it feel quite natural and quite comfortable, the right thing to do, or were you a bit unsure at the time? It was, it was a little of all that. It was, uh, it was kind of like, well, we keep ending up in like this other, like I kind of said, our, our own fate. Like we we're kind of at the whim of whatever the parent company was doing to us at the time or what they were doing with their other mm-hmm. business ventures. Like Darksiders 2 sold really well, but THQ bet really bad on the, the Udraw platform. Um, so they lost a ton of money there. So it was kind of like, well, we can give it our own stab because we, a lot of us have been working together since, you know, Darksiders 1. So um, I've worked with this group for over 10 years, almost 11, I think now, years. So it's like we kind of, we got a good like core team um going here so we're like hey we can we can make this happen we know how to make games so mm. but yeah it was, at first it's like well okay we're not gonna get paid for a little bit until we get something signed so let's hustle let's get something signed so luckily you know it worked out timing well with oculus because they were kind of ramping into the the whole development thing yeah. of like hey we want to fund games for this you know platform this is this is our big our big thing now yeah um, so that, that just i think it was just timing worked out really well 
Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, like Chronos um, definitely was like one of the must have titles when the Rift first came out because there wasn't a massive library of games, but it was one of the standout ones that was like it had a lot of length. You know, there was a long game, you know, you could really sink some hours into it. And then uh, obviously when Dead and Buried came out with the touch controllers, that was really good timing as well. Like you say, it was like a really fun multiplayer game. You know, like uh, Zim said earlier, you, you, the, the quick draw mode was like a ton of fun playing with people online. And now, obviously, you've got uh, From Other Sons coming, you know, that is out now. And uh, again, feels kind of like this epic adventure that you can kind of embark on with your friends. So how did uh, how did the sort of concept From Other Sons come about? And what sort of made the team sort of choose that as a, as a title that they wanted to work on, like a co-op experience, uh, you know, sailing through the stars and, and finding your own adventure? Yeah, I, I think it's like the just kind of natural fit it felt like for VR to, right to do something that's kind of this big open universe people want. Because, we, you know, we read Reddit, we read the, the posts, and we kind of could see where what people were wanting. A lot of it at the time was like, even like at the time, like of Kronos, it, it's, yeah, you said it's, it's meant to be like a longer story, a longer game, longer sessions. Um, but a lot of games that were coming out were more like super quick session based, which is totally cool. But it definitely seemed like people wanted a bigger chunk of content. Um, that they could kind of come back to or a place that they could come back to and feel like they're doing a lot of stuff. And and it's really like, I guess it's partially, you know, the there's like this move of like the, the you know, Facebook owning um, or being Oculus basically is, you know, they're a social platform. It's like, hey, Oculus is ramping up this this big social um, like platform with the voice over IP, um, the matchmaking stuff, they're kind of ramping that stuff up. So it's just, it, again, it, it was timing. It's like, hey, you know what? Let's, why not a co-op game? Because co-op in VR is awesome. Yeah. Um, and we really, we really found that from even the simple stuff in like Dead and Buried when you're sitting around the card table and you're giving each other high fives, you're throwing cards at each other. You're like that, that kind of thing. Just that quick, like just moment to moment of like, I'm here, you're there, we're talking. And it's just, yeah. nothing's going on. There's a, that cool moment. So it's like, yeah, we got to make it, co-op um but then, it's like everything becomes more fun in vr everything you yeah, try exactly like, <laughs> yeah it's like hey you got other people here to, to experience it with you it's really cool yeah um yeah yeah like uh, i have to say like i'm not a massive like competitive multiplayer guy but i really really enjoy uh co-op games you know so when star trek bridge View came out like I, I really enjoyed that but you know it, i definitely felt the limitations of the game because i wanted to go on these adventures with these people you know i didn't just want to pilot the ship with them so that's kind of where from other sons takes over and you can kind of explore other ships and you know get on that teleporter and teleport to another station you know with your buddies and that was really really nice um so in terms of like um the, the, the co-op nature of the game, like, did you sort of take a lot of cues from Star Trek Bridge Crew, or was that something that you sort of uh, enjoyed as a team? Like, or was this, like, in development way before that game was even released? Yeah, it was, we were well into development on, um, from Other Sons before that was even mentioned or even announced. And, right. And it was funny because the original pitch for it was very much, like, a the safe, like, kind of like Kronos, like, the one of the biggest, uh, like, pillars of making that game was, we want to make a game that everyone who has a VR headset can play. There's not like, oh, well, you could play it, but you're going to get sick, that kind of thing. We wanted to make it. That's why we went with the camera mode that we did. Um, and it kind of like also helped sell the world and really put you in the world still. Um, but it was like a very, from a from a motion sickness or VR sickness standpoint, it was a very safe game. So we kind of were, like the same thing with um, with the Dead and Buried. It was, it was meant to be very much like, hey, it's stationary. You can stand up, you can duck, but it's like you're not moving around. So again, we wanted to go kind of safe at, at first, and we were very much making a, a bridge crew type game. 
and it was just like it just wasn't clicking internally we we're just like yeah it's cool yeah hey what's going on sitting over there hey what's going on waving to the people but just like being this in a stationary thing um was really weird to us and so i think it was like our, our presence like hey check out what i just did and he just put it he he like hooked in uh locomotion and it was like oh my god this is this is the game we want to make yeah away missions that's where it's at you, you don't want to just sit on a on a ship and and just wave at each other you want to go out and start doing stuff and and then it became a very different thing and it was funny because we were in that state like of, of hey we're gonna do full locomotion and we'll come up with what we end up calling comfort mode in the end so people can still play it if they're not that they don't have their full vr legs um and we were months into that new one and then they announced bridge crew and like whew, glad we changed it because <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. it would it was came out i think eight months before we ended up shipping so it's like yeah. man it looked really bad like here's Not the same the game eight months later, yeah. So, yeah. but no, I, 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 I admire thing, you for, thing... for doing that that full locomotion thing and having that that mode yeah. where you can just walk around freely because I think that is something that now as as people that have been on yeah, in must. VR for a long time is what they're they're really asking for, you know, and uh, just to have the option, you know, is, is just brilliant you know people are now asking for onward on the oculus platform as well and you've got killing floor incursion that did the same as well like Im- implemented both uh, forms of locomotion and i think that yeah. is, is what people are crying out for right now is free locomotion and yeah. I, i'm someone that actually gets susceptible to it sometimes uh, in some games but you know in, in uh, from other sons it's a very very comfortable game to play in, in free locomotion i find yeah. the other thing yeah, i was going to say is, is john the... people might not know what Sorry. camera mode you're talking about so i think you're talking about the the third person ghost yeah. where your character uh, kind of moves to a location. Can you describe that? What that what's that yeah. called internally as well? Uh, we, we just call it comfort mode internally, but basically what it is is you're stationary, you're first person, you can shoot, you're, you're, you basically have all the functionality of uh, full locomotion, but as soon as you push forward on the left stick to move, uh, your character kind of that you are kind of pops out in front of you and you can control them out in front of you a lot like Kronos. Um, and then as soon as you let go of the stick, uh, the the camera pops to that location, so it's a it's a very like quick snap. There's not a smooth transition because we found that made people sick too. So it's, it's very much intended to be this this mode where it's like, hey, you know what? It's not the most ideal way to play, but it's totally fun, totally legitimate way to play. So um, yeah. that that, it, that was early interesting on. Interesting that we you said that, that it out. was um, kind of uh, to to some extent kind of Chronos like because I had a question for you related to. Dead and Buried, which was, did the gunplay happen to come from Dead and Buried? Because I didn't know the connection between the two and that there was gunfire at the middle before. But I've got to say, they feel very similar. Yeah, I mean, we took a lot what we learned, like the, we really liked the reload action, because um, it was it was one of those things of, we even simplified it even more, because in Dead and Buried, it was mostly like flick down, then flick back up. But man, like, you play some long sessions, you're going to feel it right here in the wrists. <laughs> So we wanted to make something a little bit more simple um, than that. So it is kind of just a flick down or a flick up. So um, it, it's because we found that you reload a lot in uh, in from other suns. Yeah, I actually wonder. Like, can you? I, I'm sure you guys have some stats on that. But like, how big is the uh, player base that really uses like the walking locomotion compared to the people that go for the comfort mode? Like. Do you have the feeling that there is a big audience right now for walking locomotion, for like really like a, a thumbstick um, running around? It seems like it. I mean, it's it's really a lot of it's uh, anecdotal till we get some of the like analysis uh, stats back because it seems like we hear a lot of people like, oh, we love the full locomotion, um, but then every press event that we've done, most people choose comfort. So it's 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 kind of strange where it's like maybe they're just like, hey, I don't want to even chance it. 
uh, to get sick, but uh, it's definitely, it seems like that's, I don't know, I don't want to say it's a 50-50 split, but there's definitely, I think both are valid. Um, and we even had, after we did our open beta, mm-hmm. we added like three more move type of options. One's like um, like forward on the stick, which we call like seated mode. So it's like you can do push forward and, and you start going forward, but you can still look around because mm-hmm. uh, the default locomotion is, we found the safest, was mm-hmm. push forward and it's wherever you're looking will mm-hmm. automatically start adjusting mm-hmm. and tweening towards the direction you're going. Um, we also do basically wherever your controller's pointing will, like whatever forward is, which that way, which is similar to onward, um, mm-hmm. we have that as well. Yeah. The first thing that I do in, in any title that I that I start is turn off all of the comfort features. <laughs> like I, I absolutely don't yeah. like that. I sometimes I even get the feeling that the, they like uh, make me more sick. Um, I, I really don't like comfort features, and I I actually prefer just you know the regular ones. But I guess I'm just like one of those like mm. weird folks. I also because we were talking about co-op games. Um, I love playing co-op games with like friends of mine. You know, like you know the people that are online now. But I absolutely despise playing with other people. Like, I mean, I'm just, maybe I'm just like weird like that. I absolutely despise other people. Uh, uh, so, um, yeah, I feel privileged. I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean well, at least the VR chat is fun, right? I mean, uh, just. Yeah, uh, of course, of course. <laughs> but the, the, that, I find that, I find that something interesting that you said, like, oh, you know, there was a lot of like, uh, question for like uh, co-op games because I always get the impression that there's like a lot of people asking for like you know solid single player experiences is there a, is there a reason why you say like ah oh, I, I I really I mean of course I understand when you say like co-op is like cool because you can like interact with each other but is there really already like a, a player base in virtual reality to have like people who don't have VR friends to be you know joining in game together yeah I think like uh, I mean that was a big thing from us that we did learn from uh from dead and buried i think it's basically it's, it's because the vr market's so small that the people that do want to play the co-op or even the the pvp aspects of it uh it just starts to shrink when the next big game comes out so um that's why we made uh from other sons completely like it's focused to be scalable like one person can that's how i always play personally i play single player um you hate people then, too but <laughs> i don't want people killing my dudes on my ship i can't have that <laughs> Um, but yeah, so it's, it's definitely like, cause we wanted to make it. So it's like, cause I, I know as, as games come and go, like the online communities, uh, will, you know, kind of the ebb back and forth between like, Hey, there's a big flux in and then it starts to fall off. So that's why we definitely wanted to make it where it's like, Hey, it's, it's totally yeah. playable single player, two player or three player. And it all scales. I think, I think that's a scales. great choice. I think that's yeah. a great choice that you like, keep that in mind that there's uh, people Weird people like me that like uh, don't like to play with other people sometimes. <laughs> Doesn't play well with others. <laughs> but how, how, how is that for you guys? Because I mean, you worked on Dead and Buried. I really enjoyed that game, but after a while it became, well, kind of like a ghost town. You know, people leave that game and they go to the next one. How is it for you guys? Because I mean, you make a very nice game. You really spend a lot of time on it. Maybe you got some DLCs ready to go as well. But then after a while you see like, yeah, well, I'm not sure how many people still check this out in a way. Like, how is it for you guys? Because it's it seems to be normal in the VR uh, industry right now that it happens. But it's kind of strange as well. Because some games are like, hmm, maybe I should play that after a year. But then it's almost impossible to play. So if you want to experience yeah. a multiplayer, you need to do it in the first few yeah. weeks. Because then it's over, you know. And with you guys, you have, of course, a longer lifespan with uh, being in the box with the Rift, of course. But... How is that for you guys, in a way? 
Yeah, we definitely found that um, that it, it, it did teeter off as I don't know which I can't remember which release it was, and I'm not blaming them. It's just like hey, people want to jump to the next big you know multiplayer game. Um, so that was again that really informed a lot of the decisions with uh, from other sons because we ended up having to go back and patch in um, basically like the horde mode uh, is is one of the modes we primarily focused on, which was at the time like a novel thing because there wasn't a lot of them. Now that's pretty much every game now it seems like has a horde mode. <laughs> Um, but it it was that thing of like, it required four people and it was like, can't find four people. You can't play. I think we actually had it down. It could be three or four, but then we eventually made it where you could be single player. Um, and then the other thing that we found too was early on, it was, you had, I I think we shipped this way was that you basically like, I want to play shootout or I want to play this, or I want to play a specific mode. And obviously like you already have a smaller player base because it's VR, but then all of a sudden for a single game, you're, you're even compartmentalizing the people playing the game. It's like, oh, well, here's all your shootout people over here. Here's your horde people here. And they're both waiting for games. So mm-hmm. we ended up making like a unified queue and it just kind of would rotate through and you would, it right. would let you kind of like, you kind of get a sampling that way. Again, it's not the most ideal way. That's why mm-hmm. there's like one way to play from other suns. It's like you get in and you try to get to earth kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but from there, it's, it's, it's the other thing too is that like you can play at any point like I want to play single player and oh my buddy just came online invite him in so that was another big thing because in uh, like Dead and Buried it, it required everybody to be there at the start like so it, it's waiting for people to start uh, or to join the game to start so there's nothing to do um, so it's definitely like you could play for an hour and a half by yourself and your buddy comes online they jump right in your game it's just seamless um, they're one of your crew members now um, and then you just go from there so that was a lot of that stuff and knowing that like that there's there's the people that play with a group of friends and only the group of friends um, like you Roddy for example and then there's the people that are, hey I'm just going to jump in with whatever or I just mm-hmm. want to play single player it's like we wanted yeah. to make a valid experience for all of those player types actually yeah. John the um, the point you just mentioned about so I, I used to run a gaming community and, and I found all my members online through different games, whatever it was. And so having nice. a conduit to meet people is a really important thing to me, like hugely important. It's the reason I game as social gaming experiences. As I said, I met my wife that way. So, you know, <laughs> I, like I ran, I used to run across people like playing Daisy, for instance, and I'd meet a person and we'd be running along together. And then that guy gets shot and I'd be like, damn, that was a friend. And now I can't have that friend because I never took his details. Uh, from other sons is a little bit like that. You got the drop in, you're like, and you're just crude with somebody. If you're de- reliant or dependent on them, uh, that's a really important part. And there's not that many games who do it well. But I found that was one of my first attractions when I was playing the open beta was just this kind of like drop in feature of you can just make buddies with anybody. So I really like that. So one one question I've got about that because uh, you know, say someone jumps into the game and you get to a certain point. Um, and I suppose we should sort of warn that there might be some spoilers ahead. So I'll put that <laughs> warning out there now. So, you know, uh, I'll keep some of this as generic as I can. But say if you unlock something and it's my game and, and, and mm-hmm. Zim jumps in and then we unlock it together. Do we both unlock that item or is it just the person that hosts the game as such? So um, that was a big thing, uh, especially because... Um... We wanted to figure out a way. It was there was a lot of internal discussion. There was a trying to figure out like what's the right way to, to get like because we wanted to have unlocks and we wanted progression, um, but because there's not like a stat you don't have a static character like the whole again for the people that don't know like the game is very much an FTL uh, mixed with like a Borderlands or a Destiny um, where it's 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 meant to be a punishing um, and difficult and you should kind of eke out an existence in it um, and so you're going to die a lot and we didn't want to upfront 
put a lot of people like, I'm going to go spend 20 minutes in the character creator and then play the game and die 10 minutes later. <laughs> yeah. That's like, that would be like the worst experience. Um, but uh, yeah, so it was, it's, so what we have is everything tied to the Oculus achievements. Um, and so most of the stuff is, is tied to amount of kills um, like, hey, or missions completed. So like one of the early uh, factions you meet are these, uh, these pirates. And if you, I think it's, Couple hundred and um, hundred and fifty. I think unlock. is the first milestone. Is that the first one? Okay, one fifty, so like then three hundred. Yeah, and then you you kill that many pirates, and you unlock uh you unlock a legendary when you're hosting, and it's only when you're hosting because um, there wasn't really a good way around that. Because like, let's say I'm I'm playing and my buddy's playing, and I have a level two and he has a level three, and they're the same kind of gun. Do they both spawn? It gets kind of weird because every gun has its own slot in the captain's room. Um, yeah. So, but there, there is the shared achievement idea. So, if you're in a game and somebody's off shooting pirates and you're just goofing around on the ship, you're still getting credit for it. Um, they might have, you know, had 149 and they killed that 150, and you're like two. You're gonna get, you're gonna be three, you know, kill pirate kills, but you're not gonna both get the gun, but the gun will show up on the ship and you can fight over it. That's why the gun appeared. I couldn't figure that out because we, <laughs> we 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 got a a certain item that dropped off of a character that was gold in color. <laughs> And we put it somewhere, and it's still sitting on my someplace. And um, yes. aside from that, the gun appeared, and I wasn't sure. I was like, is this a bug? Because I guess that's an unlock. Yeah. This is the funny thing, because cool. when, when we, we played Zim, uh, I, I, there was a section where me and Panda were off on a mission somewhere, and I think you were on the ship because you were the last human remaining. And for those that don't know or haven't played the game, like if you die with the three-man team, like you respawn as a robot, right? So you can die as many times as a robot. That's absolutely fine. But the last remaining human, that becomes your priority to protect them at all costs. Because as soon as they die, then it's game over. So yeah. Zim was back on our ship, like, just, like, tooling around while me and Panda were off on an adventure together. And Zim was going through the captain's log, and he was reading through all these, like, achievements and what you had to do. And a, a lot of people may not know this, but that's kind of where all the information is as to what you need <laughs> to do to to unlock these items. Is that right, John? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like, we're big fans of, like... The, the kind of Dark Souls high level game mentality of like it's it should be in the world. We don't want to beat people over the head. We like our goal like when we made the like the tutorial, which is a little long, but I think it, it needs to be to get like all the systems. Like we didn't want to say because we had people even internally like I don't think this is a spoiler, but you can teleport over to a pirate ship if you want. And they're like, you need to put that in the tutorial. People need to know that. And it's like, well do they? Because mm. isn't that more fun to discover that yourself in gameplay? Mm. So there's a well, lot of stuff. Was it in the like, tutorial, John? I don't remember it. I don't remember that being the tutorial. And no, I'm saying it's not. It's we, not right? we had discussions internally. People were like, "It should be in there. If you can do it in game, it should be in no. the tutorial." It's like it's the you know, I, and obviously like um, that was the right decision. I had that yeah. moment where we found out. And I was like, "Holy shit, that is amazing! We can actually go over there and take their stuff." It's one of the best yeah, parts so, of the game. Like it really, we wanted to keep like the tutorial functionality like just to be functional like here's how you reload your gun here's here's what this how you use a stim pack like the the i guess the the nitty-gritty of the how you do the things with the touch because a lot of that stuff isn't intuitive but then there's a lot of cool things that you can do where it's like you mess around you're like i can do this that's cool like we had a lot mm -hmm. of those moments even internally with people that weren't like super close to the design of the game like the artists that were working on the game they're like hey i just did this i think it's broken i'm like no you figured that out and they're like oh my god it's amazing. I can't believe we can do that. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to give spoilers, so I won't get real specific. But there's a lot of those moments, I think, for people. Yeah. Um, I and gotta then, ask but then a bug like, question. 
Sorry, John, oh, real, didn't even catch you off. Real quick, I just want to say, like, so, like, even the tutorial, like, the uh, or the achievement stuff, it's, like, it's on a disc, so it's a physical item. You have to actually manually put it in there, and you scroll through it. Um, there's also, like, basically a codex for all the enemies you encounter, and you can find a little bit about their history there. Um, and then there's also a ship manual, which goes into more description of how the systems work. So it's definitely, we wanted all that stuff to be much more in-world. Mm -hmm. Like, so it's, and it's also so... I don't think anybody wants to sit there in VR and just be talked to for like 30 minutes of like, this is how the shit works. <laughs> but the information's there. Yeah. So yeah. like the people that really want to get into it and really talking understand about, it, that's there. Talking about the tutorial, uh, my first impression of, uh, of, uh, of the game was actually from uh, watching uh, Zim's uh, channel. Like he, uh, he did a stream of it, uh, of the tutorial, <laughs> and he started off. And just to give like an idea of how hard the game can be, uh, <laughs> he's, he's already ducking there. He died... Uh, in the tutorial, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in the tutorial? <laughs> I did the tutorial. The, the, the one enemy they sent you, I couldn't figure out how to... GG, man. GG. What the heck? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's really funny. I didn't know that. Thanks, yeah, Rowdy. Just exposed him. <laughs> well, you're yeah. welcome, you're welcome, Is buddy. That, that, actually shouldn't, that shouldn't have been possible. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, well, shouldn't I'm have special been that way, John. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, he's got, he's got really low health and does really low damage. We're like, surely no one will ever die to this guy. <laughs> well, there you go. Achievement so, unlocked. So one of the, things, <laughs> the question I had was, I always ask this to developers who've just released a product because it's, um, it's a really fun question to ask. What bug from the development cycle stands out to you as something that we'll never get to see or maybe don't know about or maybe even turned into a feature, but... Um, I'm kind of more interested in the ones that we don't know about, bugs that were squashed that were kind of fun for a bit of time and uh, didn't make it to the final cut. Um, well, there's actually, it wasn't a bug as much as it was kind of sort of a feature we didn't really fully think out, and it's probably one of my favorites, was um, uh, so we actually, um, you could take other people's weapons. <laughs> so you could like pull the weapon off of them. Um, at any point so you could somebody could be going to a mission on the teleporter like all right i'm gonna go and then you just like reach over and just pull the guns away and then they're just they're basically naked on the mission i'm definitely uh, gonna do that now but i mean that we cut that one because that was really frustrating and really trippy oh. so we decided to cut them. that was one of those features where it's like we didn't really think of the full like ramifications of it yeah <laughs> Until we like we started playing, we're like, this isn't awful. This is impossible. This is yeah. so frustrating. But I think that's one of those learning curve elements. I used to see it. Uh, well, just in the curve from coming like from the early DK one, DK two days, I've seen more VR titles do it, and I think it's really important. I give feedback, critical feedback to VR devs, and one of the things I say to them is consider horseplay as a really important component of your game. Now, I think you're right. You've got to do it, and you've got to meter it, right? You can't just have it wreck your game experience. But being able to kind of dick about is actually half of the fun of VR. Like like any anyone oh, yeah. who goes into a VR room, what's the first thing you do? You grab all the items on the desk and chuck them all about the place or burn the curtains or whatever. Yeah, you just right. do what you can't do in real life. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But I think that's a that's a fun one to hear about. So thanks for that. So, and I guess another thing too is we'd, we'd, we'd get bugs for this, which was funny. Um, where like you can... You can go onto a station, get a key card that will open a door, but then you could throw that key card away, like down one of the pits, and you just can't get through that door if you don't have a hackathon. <laughs> so it's like, they're like, this is a bug, you need to fix it. It's like, no, there's consequences to actions. That's one of the coolest things about VR. It's like, you're really there. Would you do that in real life? You could, because <laughs> yeah. it, it, it never actually gates you from like not being able to, like, you're not stuck. You just, 
well, can't complete that mission. I guess I'll jump back on my ship and go somewhere else. Yeah. So it was that was definitely one of those funny things of like we keep getting that kickback is like, hey, this is a bug. It's like working no. as intended. Yeah. Yeah. So is, is there any um, Easter eggs that you can kind of share? Like something that again sort of is kind of maybe tucked away. Uh, you know that that you could just discover maybe and and it's kind of like a little Easter egg in the game that maybe refers to another game that you've developed or something else. Uh, there's quite a few things like that. Um, they're pretty hard to find. Um, so they're the best, uh, I, I can give a little hint. The best thing to do is check out, um, like dead end, uh, security rooms are the most likely place for those. Okay. Yep. Um, but there's, there's some, there's some stuff that's referential to the previous work. Yes, definitely. Okay, cool. Uh-huh. Cool. And there was another thing, like you, you said about, um, uh, teleporting onto enemy ships um, while you're sort of in negotiations and then kind of like robbing them blind. We we had we had occasions where we did that quite a lot. But what we'd find is that when we teleported across, the crew on the other ship wouldn't even notice the fact that we were there. So we could kind of steal all their guns and they would just be walking around doing their business. And we're like, yeah, we're stealing all your stuff, but they wouldn't actually retaliate in any way. Is that was that something that was planned, or is that something that you're going to patch out in future, or what's your so is. I guess like it was it a pirate ship or a merchant ship because merchants aren't don't go aggressive unless you try to steal their stuff or shoot them. Um, um, they're kind of like whatever it's our guns, but pirates should definitely. Oh right, I think should, it was should, uh, pirates actually. Um, we, we we had that with because we even went to the captain's room and and Zim was pushing him around the captain and <laughs> I, I was I was telling the captain oh we're stealing all your stuff dude like what are you gonna do about it and he didn't do anything about it. Uh, so it's interesting. I I, I wasn't quite sure like what the deal was with that. That should be that might might have been a merchant because pirates okay. are very, like pirate captains especially are very aggressive. Okay, they'll, they'll turn and start shooting you because yeah, like uh, hey, they're merchants. They just they just want to make a buck. They're like, hey, maybe you'll still buy something from me. So they they won't turn aggressive unless you either fire on their ship, shoot <laughs> one of them. Because right. I was watching one of we were all watching one of um, Zim's early uh, beta videos, and there was the one where I think a bunch of you uh, a bunch of you guys grabbed all the guns. And there was there was the characters with the shields, and yes. and then we're like, oh my gosh, they're gonna shoot them, aren't they? They're gonna shoot them, and everybody's just like holding their breath. And then somebody shot them, and then they all went aggro. Yeah, because they won't go like you can take their guns. They're like, yeah, whatever. But as soon as you go and try to do an aggressive move against them, they would definitely right. you real quick. Right, right. No, we did find a few, Mike. I think you're right. There, there's a few times that we saw guys even in shields where, and I think it is a, probably a bug because you'd shoot one of them. Right, and you go to another room, and the other guy's just kind of standing there, maybe pushing him oh. around or shooting him or whatever. Hmm. And sometimes they wouldn't even react at all, and you're shooting the guy. Interesting. Like, well, we'll definitely that kind of look stuff. At that, then. So yeah. I think there's a few things in there. I mean, there's a few crash to desktop bugs at the moment, but it's early days, and um, generally the the support is great. And I have to say, I, I tried it out for science. I tried touch controls. You, you know, I've clocked probably 20 hours in touch, and I tried revive, and I tried the Vive controllers, and I was like. This is just, like, people ask me from the Vive community, they're like, should I buy the game and play Revive and do it that way? My react recommendation to them was was actually don't bother. Like, wait or buy a Rift or something because the touchpad controls, I don't expect you to comment on it, uh, but it's just, it was no, of no fun to me at all. I had to actually go back to the Rift because the Sur- having surprising. a physical analog controller is really a positive experience. I mean, being able to jump in and out of corners and stuff and do anything but that was very frustrating. Um, it's playable, so. though. I mean, I, I did it. I, I played yeah. it with, uh, with Revive. I also, like, the first time I played of, the game, uh, I, I hadn't even tried it with my Rift yet, but I had no problems with it. But it depends. Like, if you play a lot with Revive, you know that you always need to hit, like, certain uh, middle parts mm-hmm. of your touchpad. But, yeah, let's say it's pretty tricky. But in the end, like, um, I played it with my, my Rift, 
And what I really like about the game, and this this is nothing to do with the gameplay itself, I really like the characters. Like, I really have the feeling that we have like a personal kind of uh, thing going on where um, like random people, they're like, they really stare into my eyes. I'm like, okay, uh, hello, <laughs> uh, what do you want from me? You know, you want to be friends? You know, so it really starts to get like it's 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 comedy from the start in a way where I'm like, hey, uh, who are you? Uh, let's let's talk and maybe do something together. I mean, yeah, the first time I played it, they blew up the ship and I didn't even have a chance to like uh, do something about it. That's but, why I hate playing with other people. Uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, sometimes it depends. I mean, it can be so like that's that's classic gaming, right? You have like a Russian guy who doesn't speak English, and then you got someone that doesn't have a microphone, even that there is a microphone on the rift. But okay. Um, and then you get like a mix of, of people, so that can be very challenging, of course, but it can be very funny too, you know, where everyone wants to go everywhere, well with friends it's more like a controlled thing, you know, even that you troll around as well, so I think with random people it also works. Of course you're not gonna, like, gonna get, like, that fire in a way. But it depends. Sometimes you meet like a, an all-star team, right? Yeah. So it sometimes happens where you're like, wow, I have never played with these people before, but this is great, you know? So yeah, yeah, well done. I mean, the the, the characters, I really like them. Uh, yeah, awesome. They're really nice, yeah. So there's a, there's, I've got some questions from the community, because obviously this uh, isn't live, so we don't have our normal live chat audience to ask us questions, but I asked uh, some people in the Oculus Reddit and the Vive Reddit uh, to ask some questions for you guys. So they've got uh, some questions for you, but there's just a couple more that I want to ask myself before I move on to their questions. And that is, um, From Other Sons is um, a bit of an unusual name. And I, I understand, I've heard a rumor uh, that that wasn't the original name that you come up with, is that right? Yeah, that wasn't the one we wanted to go with originally. <laughs> so can you can you share that with us, or is that top secret? I think so. I'm trying to think if it ever came out. Uh, I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was basically a name uh, very similar, but it was um, it was another VR app came out right prior to to that, and we had to change it. Mm -hmm. But we had the we everything internally is. FOS uh, in terms of our code base and our editor and everything is always referred to as FOS. Yeah. So it, it, we were just like racking our brains like, oh, what do we want to call it? What do we want to call it? We went some really weird ways. Yeah. Um, and it was like, actually, it was funny because we had the, it was the, um, the uh, announcement trailer was coming out and it was literally the day before and we're like, how about this? And we're like, oh, cool, from other sons. Fits FOS. That's cool. We don't have to change any code <laughs> or any, any other systems to yeah. know what the heck we're talking about yeah. now. So, I mean, most games go through code names, but we had a pretty pretty early on. We had a we had a name we thought we were going to go with for sure, but well, that's how it is. Well, was the was the previous name cooler than this one, or <laughs> like uh, it was different? It, it was, I think it was different. probably cooler, but uh, from other sons started to. To grab me, especially with the the storyline, yeah. I think it fits. Yeah. Like the idea of the the jump drive at the beginning, and you're going somewhere else, and yeah. These, yeah. these guys follow you back, and they're from other sons. Yeah. You know, they're not not sure, familiar. Sons not the ones that didn't make the cut, actually. That were were discussed, that were just awful. It wasn't like uh, flowers or skeletons or something <laughs> horrible like that, was no, it? No, they were just like kind of just like almost generic space stuff. Yeah. And they just didn't have any personality. Well, so we definitely yeah. wanted to have some personality wise what i'll do is i'll ask the uh the viewers when they do actually live stream this to put their suggestions in the comments and then uh, we, can, we can we can see which one the funniest they come up with because uh, i'm sure they'll have some hilarious ones they always do um so then i've got one more um sort of question before we move on to the community questions 
and this is a bit spoilery just uh, if, if you're listening or watching the show. So there is a, a battle with the archivist, um, which is kind of like a GLaDOS type character. And um, like the first time I encountered this character, like I, I was on my own and I got absolutely murdered and completely destroyed by it. And then I came in again and discovered it with a team and we finally like took it out. And I was just like, oh, this is amazing. We finally beat the, the archivist. <laughs> it felt like an amazing challenge. And then like... Then like the the character died, and then I was like, well, "Where's where's my reward?" <laughs> and uh, you don't. You, you, it seems like I don't know if this is this is huh. right, but you don't get actually a reward for 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 beating it. Is that right? You should. Or, it's or a good like sum. A oh, okay. It's not a huge. It's not a chest of gold anyway, Mike. You'll get yeah, a I mean, you get a little bit of scrap and stuff like you get some salvage <laughs> and a few other bits. Like I got thirty five salvage, one fuel, and one uh, munition. Right, right. Okay. When I beat it, okay. Single player. That's pretty standard. It, it felt, yeah. Did it, somebody contact you? I thought somebody was like, "Hey, cool, thanks for doing that." I can't remember how that mission oh, played oh, out. Oh, I know what happens. Yes, yes. Oh, okay. Something special happens after you do oh, okay, it. You okay, do okay, get okay. a reward for it. Okay. Um, anyway, okay. I won't spoil yeah, it because that was it, it, it was a cool boss. It might have been because like we did we we died shortly after we beat the, the you know that boss. We I think we did one more jump and then we died. So. Like it would make sense if if there was like a, an incoming call and you finally got something for it, but at the time I was just like, we we spent yeah. twenty minutes taking this boss down. I was like hoping for like a golden like shield or something like crazy, but uh, yeah, but no. It, How it, about it, just the well done? Exactly. Out the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, the roguelike nature of this game, though, yeah, like is really good, and it's yeah. really funny because. There's some people who have said they've beaten it like really fast. I've spent 26 hours at the game and I haven't beaten it yet. <laughs> it's like it is weird. But again, it's, I did get can... killed in the tutorial. So yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, what I found with playing with Zim is he does not like to negotiate with anyone. <laughs> so if there's a, if there's an option to negotiate, he's like, no, let's go and mess him up. I'm like, come on, dude, we can negotiate with them. He's like, no, no, no. So uh, that's that's probably what where we were going wrong, dude. But I I'm looking forward to jumping back in and, and playing some more of this, but. Here's some uh, questions from the community. So these guys are from the Oculus Reddit. So this is Xweez. He asks, uh, any post-launch support plans yet? Uh, DLC, etc. Um, we haven't really discussed that uh, externally yet. We're we're just kind of taking a like a wait and see kind of attitude to see what the demand is and like, you know, what what that would look like. Um, we'll definitely be we're we're planning like at least. Um, a patch in the near future to kind of fix some of the issues that have been coming up for people. Um, that's the big thing with releasing a game is, you know, we can test it as much as we can internally with like our three testers and externally with like a group of, and I forget how many, um, <laughs> but even then it's like, once you release into the wild, just people are going to find things that you're like, wow, there was no way for us to find that. Cause there's just of course a lot of, a lot of moving parts, especially in a roguelite. Of course. Where it's, there's a lot of things, so we we'll definitely have something coming up soon, just to kind of like address some of those issues and some a couple of balance things, hopefully. So yeah, and and, um, and if people that, that want, if people wanted to give you feedback on the game, like where's the best place that they could reach you, like to sort of Good give question. you constructive criticism or feedback? Yeah, we have um, we set up a Discord that we a lot of the developers are just in most most times. Um, you can just go to fos.gunfiregames.com and then that's just to the invite. Uh, it's just fos.com or dot gunfiregames.com yeah um and so yeah like i said there's a that's where a lot of the developers are we've got guys in there like some of our programmers and uh qa guys answering technical questions uh, i'm in there a lot you know answering like hey 
did this is this supposed to be in it's like hmm. yeah you yeah. found something cool yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah we have like a we have a feedback forum we have kind of a we have a spoilers channel um a general chat like a lot of the standard stuff you'd find in a discord um but it's all run by us so we you know we're in there nice. that's that's really questions. nice that's spoilers really nice. channel mm. yeah it's like actually that. an interesting people product can, people can find uh, games too in there mention we have a oh sorry sorry no, you I was go first. Say we have a we have a channel too for like looking for game kind of thing too. So if people mm. are like, hey, I I don't have any friends on right oh, now, but I'm looking for that's a multiplayer great. game. Yeah, right Rowdy now, hear that? So. Rowdy, if you if you you can find friends there, you can find randos there. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody on the channel is really cool. Yeah. So uh, different from the, the, ne- the next question is from actually Cass and Cherry, who are friends of uh, the team. So they they ask uh, any plans for character creation in future. So I know you touched on it earlier that you didn't want to do a character creation and then auto, you know get killed instantly afterwards and you've invested this time into a character. But any plans for maybe implementation of that in, in the future? Then again, it'd be oh, so funny it's... to see uh, Kaz and Cherry make a character for like twenty minutes and then die like immediately. <laughs> that would be funny though. Yeah. I definitely watched that video. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I definitely think that is pretty much what happens. So that's that's our biggest concern. I'm not saying it's not it's not it's not impossible, but it, it definitely in some ways I feel like it kind of almost goes against the the randomness. Like everything okay. else is so yeah. random in the universe um, that just hey, you know what? Like it's funny too because sometimes you'll get like a crew of all guys or a crew of all girls, and it's yeah. I don't know. Whenever it happens, it's kind of fun. It's like oh look, it's all it's all dudes or it's all ladies. <laughs> yeah. It's it's kind of this, that interest. Is kind of, to me, it's it's just one more of the randomness of the universe. That's that's kind of fun. And again, you, the goal is to not get people attached to their characters because their characters are quite disposable. It's yeah. just they're you know yeah. they're hopping body to body like uh, <laughs> like quantum leap just to try to get back to Earth. Yeah, and that's the funny thing actually because when me Zim and Panda played, we were all girls, so it became like the Charlie's <laughs> Angels of the stars. Uh, and, and we were like, oh, we're going on a mission. I was like. Ooh. Like all running to the teleporter, it was really funny. Like kind of playing out that role as well, so it made it even more fun in that sense. Yeah, the, the, the funny thing is that you mentioned voice. that because um, we I play with uh, with Lonely Viper and uh, Raider Hat and uh, uh, Raider Hat. He had something wrong with his uh, with his microphone, so he sounded like a, a robot almost the entire playthrough. <laughs> but he was a robot as well. It's it made yeah. like such hilarious gameplay because he then he went rogue, of course, on the ship. We we barely did any jumps because it was still in the in in the beta. We just like messed around on the ship, like I think for like a good two hours, like uh, just chasing Raider Hat, <laughs> and then Raider Hat went rogue and. Uh, it was so so much good fun, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I think awesome. that like that randomness really invites people to also role play a bit together. Yeah, of course. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So our next question is from Gunfire Games. <laughs> we want to ask we want to ask John what size his RVCA shirts are. <laughs> always medium. Yeah. And always fifty fifty. So I don't even know what like that means. Fifty percent polyester. I always wear RVCA shirts. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Okay, so it's like an in, what does that stand in, in, for? In joke. Uh, it's a recession collection. It's it basically it's a I think it's like the Greek word for clothing or something. It's pronounced ruka usually, but yeah, I don't I don't care about any of that. It's just I like how they fit and I like that they're fifty fifty uh, blend. They're really comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's almost like your, your signature uniform, a bit like a Mark Zuckerberg, like he always wears the same clothes. Is that kind of the similar sort of Pretty thing? Pretty much. It's, yeah. I'm like Batman. I just like, just a whole closet full of Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. It's funny when, when I saw that that pop up in the uh, in the, in the Oculus, I did laugh. I was like, that's got to be in. Um, yeah. That's our, that's our, uh, 
That's our producer, yeah. uh, Ben Gabbard. So. Oh, well, shout out to you, Ben. Thanks for the, the awesome question. No, don't shout him out. No, he doesn't, <laughs> doesn't, no don't encourage him. <laughs> um, so here we go. One from uh, Advertiser. He says, um, all of the co- locations in the beta felt a bit confined. Is there any plans for any outdoor locations coming up? Um, I mean, that was something we had planned early on. It just came down to just time and uh, and resources. So it's unfortunately like everything is on a station. Um, you know, that could be something we'd look into if we did uh, DLC. It's definitely something that we were really excited about the idea of doing. It's just time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, certainly, like, you know, for the future, and I know probably Zim is, is lo- looking at me and, like, nodding the same way, like, going to another planet would just be uh, next level, you know? Like, if there was DLC like that coming out in the future, that would be something I'd definitely be interested in. So, Actually, can I spin that off and just to, to an offshoot? Because sure. obviously there's a spiritual connection to, to FTL. Is there anything that FTL does or did that you guys wanted to do but couldn't? Think. heavy question oh right i now. know what it is um there's so you have the basically <laughs> ftl like if you are just like you meet a pirate and then you do the whole no i'm going to start shooting you they pop up a message like maybe a third of the way <clears throat> through their health or or they have a third left and they're like hey we surrender please take these supplies that was one of the things early on we're like oh. yeah we should totally be able to have people surrender but because it like it FTL is a single screen, like, and it, it's all basically UI. This UI can stop everything else that's happening. But how are you going to stop, like, if I'm over there just pressing the buttons crazy and they're like, hey, you know, you're going to blow them up before you can get over an answer. Yeah. So it was yeah. one of those things of, like, that's a really cool, like, um, thing for, like, somebody to surrender. Um, but just it, conceptually it didn't work in VR because it's like, well, I maybe... I'm hearing explosions, so I don't hear the call coming in. You can't really stop what they're doing and pop up with a message because that's kind of obtrusive. So it's it was it was one of those things of like that kind of like it, it would add a little bit more, I think, to like the dynamic of the space the ship ship combat. But it was just something that just it didn't make sense in the in the the way the game works. Mm. Okay. okay, yeah, that's uh, the only other thing. Sorry, Mike, I just ask one more question real quick because I we've been we've been playing this game a lot three player, and one thing that I couldn't understand is. You've got kind of the three stations in the in in the captain well in the on the on the bridge and mm. the one back right which is like the map of the ship. I was always wondering why you couldn't lock the teleporter from there. Why that was a design decision? Because I personally do a lot of legging it back and forth, wanting to see where we're going and then wanting to lock whatever ship we've come a, come across. So I wondered why that was um, it was uh, not included was in that panel. Um, I mean, that's supposed to be the, um, the kind of op station to, like, command people and to do things more than anything else. Um, I mean, the, the teleport thing was more of, like, making that connection one-to-one of, like, you're kind of committing. I'm going to walk over here. I'm going to hit the button. Kind of like waiting for an elevator sort of thing of, like, yeah. it's like that one-to-one of, like, and then you get the power on when it's it's on and kind of that feedback. And even, like, people are like, oh, is this when we've had that question before? It was like, oh, is this where you're actually loading the station? Like when, because there's that delay, like mm-hmm. when you do it mm-hmm. and it's not, it's supposed to be that breath of like, oh shit, I forgot to recharge my weapons. Mm-hmm. I better go do that real quick. As opposed to it being instantaneous and you just jump right on. You're like, oops, forgot that. So it's supposed to be this breather of like, Hey guys, let's, let's gear up. Let's lo-, you know? So it's, it's meant to be that, that moment for pause or like, oops, I forgot to heal. Let me go do that real quick. It's supposed to <laughs> kind of just give you that dramatic pause before, you know, Good you to know that's out. a design. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yep. 
So we've got a question from uh, VIP3RLL, and that is, uh, any plans in the future for PvP? That's you can PvP now on the player ship, just you start can. your friends. <laughs> you can, that is true. So friendly fire is enabled as default, so you can actually murder your yes. own teammates. Um, <laughs> that... Grenades work too. Yeah, yeah. Grenades work really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, I was playing with some other friends of the channel recently, uh, Sweeviver and uh, Paradise Decay, and Swee just literally picked up a grenade and just dropped it right in front of him. And then me, me and PD just like split and just watched him blow himself up. It was, uh, it was quite comical. But yeah, so, um, so there is PvP right now. So, you, you know, it's just friendly fire, essentially. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So uh, this is kind of a, a bit of a random question, but uh, from Pingu598. Uh, what are your thoughts on microtransactions like loot boxes? Not necessarily in, uh, from other sons, but in general. Um, I mean, I think they can serve a good purpose. Um, I, I do. I think they're right now everybody's hot on hating them. Of course. But I think they, they, I mean, it's, it really is like, it's a lot of reasons that like games go free to play because they find that like, if you look at a game like uh, Star Wars Old Republic, where it was kind of faltering when under the old subscription model, it went free to play and actually became more successful because it was all loot based at that point where you've got these people that, you, I mean, they're not even not even the whale tier that the, the mythical whale that everybody talks about. Like this person spending thousands of dollars. It's yeah. but there's the the idea that like, hey, you know what? This person really likes this game. There probably would be it all evens out. All things considered, they're probably spending twenty five dollars a month with between loot boxes or you know cosmetics or whatever. Where mm. previously they were only spending fifteen. There's like it's this weird thing of like, well, if people want to spend more on the game, they can, and it gives them that option. So it's it's really weird. Um, I know it's super strange too. There's this this cultural divide um, where it's I, I know like in China it's actually changing though, which is interesting. But there's this idea of you should be able to pay to win. Why wouldn't you? You have money. You can you. There's, I think there's a cultural thing of you're better. I'm better because I have money. So let me prove it in game. Where it's it, where it's kind of it is shifting more towards the Western uh, concept mm -hmm. of like cosmetics are fine, but you know. Better should be determined by skill, not yeah. money. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's right. I mean, in, in my opinion, like cosmetic-wise, it's fine. I mean, as long as the gameplay is not getting affected. I'm playing a lot of Rocket League myself. I'm throwing at least like $25 into that game like every month to get like some new stuff. But it's cosmetic. So in the end, everyone can be like on the same skill level as me. I'm not getting better because I'm wearing a nice shiny hat. But... I'm wondering, do you see this like happening soon uh, in VR as well, where we get like microtransactions on a whole new level, in a way? I would see. I can't imagine it not. I mean, phones have it, console games have it, yeah. PC games have it. I think it's just inevitable. It's just it's really yeah. figuring out what that looks like and that and yeah. what's not gross for the for the end user. Mm. So how how do you think that's to. gonna look like? Do you have like any prediction? Because I mean, in VR you can do so much more. Like right now, I played uh, Call of Duty this week, and you need to look at someone opening a loot box to get extra XP. So that's like an yeah. achievement. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> so, social like the social thing. It, yeah, that seems super weird. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think. I don't know. It's they gotta have good loot box opening animations first of all. Like like Overwatch probably one uh, of the you know A class oh, yeah. um, loot box experience. Oh, dang, yeah. I don't know. It just depends. Like I think you could. It depends on the game too. Like like if it's if it's a first person game, does hey I got a cool hat really matter if you can't see your character as much, or is it like check out these sweet gloves I got, or you know look at mm -hmm. this cool dangle I have on my gun, or you know if it's 
if it's more of like yeah, a but, third person. Yeah, that's right. But in, know, in VR, you the are the person, right? So you can look into yeah. a mirror and think like, oh, I got this nice armor because I paid for it. So yeah, there are like new possibilities for that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give more ideas to developers because in my opinion, this shouldn't uh, be in VR yet because it's still growing. It would actually screw up the growth a bit in my opinion. But uh, like cosmetic wise, yeah, I mean, it's not really harming anyone. It actually was in there already. Um, the one that, and I, I didn't like it, but um, it was in Eve Valkyrie, and they actually took a step backwards after they'd implemented a lot of the kind of microtransactions type stuff in there. So the more recent patches have kind of removed a lot of that from the game. They step, took a, big, a major step back. Um, the other thing I would say, Nathan, just to that on a platform basis, I totally expect that after the Oculus Connect announcements at a platform level, yeah. same kind of mm -hmm. thing we're seeing in HTC Vive is, you know, in Steam Home, you have all yeah. these little trinkets you can unlock by different games. That's a market straight off the bat. Anyone who's played Battlegrounds will know yeah. you get some you get some gear or some specific mm -hmm. clothing items, and wow, the uh, the you know the yeah the no. amount of money you can spend on something that's rare. Yeah. Mm. That's no, but they, they start off. I mean, they start off easy, and I mean, casual games right now go really hardcore on it. You know, they go really far where it's almost impossible to get certain things. You know, you can need to spend like a lifetime to play with a certain character. Um, but um, yeah, I'm just I'm just really wondering how fast this will progress within like uh, VR in a way, you know. Yeah. Um, so yeah. yeah, that would be interesting to see what happens. Definitely, but like you say, I think the inevitable yeah. is coming. Uh, I mean, it, right now it starts. It's starting already. I mean, we see pre-orders now where you can pre-order a VR game. I I never pre-order games. I don't think it's smart. Always wait for the reviews and then buy a game. But um, yeah, you also see that happening right now. So mm. yeah, we'll see. And I'm not sure, like, I'm not sure if it was from Other Suns or another game, but you could get, like, a golden gun if you yep. pre-ordered the game, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice way to get people in, of course, uh, as long yeah. as I it think, starts I think we were the f I was going to say, I think we were the first, actually, Oculus game to do that, and it was yeah. funny because it shows up as a microtransaction um, <laughs> under the, like description of the game like this supports microtransactions so there's there's some people on our discord that were very worried what that meant it's like whoa, whoa, whoa that's the only way you can get uh -huh. this free cool gun right so it was it was very much like um it was like a first for the pre-order so it's like hey you know why not just it's it's kind of easy to do a golden gun we can give it a cool new mm -hmm. effect um and then you know something fun for people who were yeah. basically early early supporters yeah mm -hmm. yeah because you also supported people that helped out in the open beta right with uh, constructive feedback yep yeah, like uh, we definitely went through on Reddit and our Discord and uh, a couple other social channels to see like people that were you know really passionate about the game. Because um, I mean, the VR community at this point, like that's that's what's important is like there's a, a very hardcore group of passionate folks like yourselves that like they were very much like on the front line, like hey, you know what this happened, or hey, I'm having this problem, or hey, what what if you did this? Like the movement stuff was a huge, huge revelation for us, like because internally we either played comfort like two dudes internally played comfort and everybody else played full locomotion and we're like this is good and then there was like these requests for that and like wow we never thought of that that's actually pretty easy we just didn't know that was something people wanted so we wanted to kind of thank people and we sent them out a free copy of the game yeah that's a really really nice way of doing it that's a really nice yeah. way of doing it and i like the fact that you're awesome. open to all this feedback as well like through your discord and everything else it's very very smart exactly um, so yeah. we've got two more questions to go. So um, the this question is, uh, will there ever... This is from the Vive Reddit, actually. Uh, this is uh, from Vugasification, I think his name is. And he says, will there be uh, two-handed uh, weapons added to the game in future? 
uh, again, a uh, never say never kind of thing. But uh, currently, there's not really a plan for it. Um, internally, we just none of us really were excited about the feel of that. It it always kind of feels awkward, and we've already had people like say like, "Hey, I can't hold my hands up for this long because I'm get tired or whatever." I'm like, that's even worse is having to hold it like this constantly. So we kind of like the idea that you can kind of run around with your just hands down and just move around, and just fire off shots or have a shield, yeah. or uh, or just have like uh, your uh, mini map up and then have a gun yeah. on you. So there's like multiple ways to play like that. I, I mean, it's possible. It's just, it wasn't like something any of us internally were like, this is really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it, you kind of need like, aim, at that point you need like aim down the sights and, and we got a little crazy with our designs that that didn't even work <laughs> at yeah. the end. We kind of realized like, Oh, you can't actually aim down the sights with any of these things. And we got that request a lot, but it's, it's just like we went a little too crazy with the silhouettes and they like some of the guns. It's like the barrels here, but the the top of the guns here, so they would never line up, even if we did add some weird aim down the sights mode. Right. So I, I think so, it's possible. So it was a yeah. it was a conscious design move on your part to to make it more accessible in a way, uh, and 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 easier to play for longer periods of time. Yeah. 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 Because I think a lot of like it's it's kind of funny. I always say it's like like people that are sitting and playing. They kind of look at their their characters look like they're kind of T Rexing around because yeah. their arms are kind of out here. Yeah. But it's just like that's how a lot of people play for long periods of time. I think if it's more of a short burst thing, yeah. Yeah. two 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 handed weapons like there was one in um, in Dead and Buried in some of the stages, and it it definitely is much more of a it's a it's a more intense thing. But again, those were in the PvP maps, yeah. So it was it was like you know it was it was over in a couple minutes. It wasn't like I'm playing for hours like this, holding my hands yeah. and trying to shoot things. So. I think that's the thing. Like the community ask these kind of things without realizing the full ramifications of what they're asking for. Because like you say, it can be very tiring. You know, like me and Zim, we played for like two and a half hours straight. I think like time flew really quickly, but it, it can be quite exhausting afterwards. You, you're quite tired and uh, without realizing, you know. So so yeah, it's interesting that that's why you chose that path. <laughs> Adrenaline has a factor there as well, Mike. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, there was actually a related question I had about, because uh, a lot of the first-person um, games have stabilization for the second hand possible. And I was wondering if kind of like an onward or a, a BAM method, where if you chose to be going with a solo weapon, because some of the weapons are quite large, Yeah. if there was the possibility for second hand supporting it so you can steady your aim. Because sometimes... There's enemies quite far away, and you're trying to use an accurate weapon to hit them. Um, you know, one hand can be a little bit unsteady. That was just an idea I threw out there because I, I noticed it in comparison with the other titles. No, definitely. There's, there's, I'm not saying it's not inv- it's a not valid uh, method. It's definitely interesting. And again, we could explore that. Like if we add more content down the road, we could mm-hmm. try a two hand game to, or two handed gun just because people have have been asking for. It. Yeah, it's definitely not something we're against. It's just. At the time, it was like, hey, you know what? These, these guns need to be functional this way. And it's, it's kind of like what we were internally, what we were feeling like, this is exciting to have. Yeah, I think it's a good design like, choice. Dual wield, dual wield, dual wield. Like, it's like, why would I want this? I mean, there was a couple, I think there was one or two outliers um, uh, who were quickly silenced. Uh, <laughs> the two-handed guns. Because it's like, hey, man, it's cool. Yeah. And it's, but it's like, yeah, it's definitely something we, we were conscious of. But it was like, eh, we didn't really want to pursue it. Okay. And then the the final question is for from LRJ, and he just says, uh, "Will the game be an Oculus exclusive forever?" Uh, obviously, he's from the Vive Reddit, so he's a Vive man. Um, you know, do you think it's going to be tied to the Oculus platform forever? Um, it's hard to say. Probably, yeah. um, in some respect, uh, but 
I don't know. It depends on what the future holds, really. Yeah. Um, it's it's being Oculus published. Yeah. Is definitely makes it a high likelihood. Yeah. That it will be uh, of course. Oculus exclusive. Of course. Yeah. So, if have you guys got any more questions for John uh, before I wrap this one up? Uh, I think we've or, covered. Uh, or if John, have you got any questions for us? us? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, I don't know what's got you most excited about VR in the coming. We're almost at the end of the year now. It's just the social side of it. What are you it. guys looking forward to? In, yeah, like yeah. you know the social element. Like you know when me and Zim played uh, this game, and when we've played other games with this core group of people in the past, like we tend to have such a blast together. And I think it's that feeling that you you actually, although we're all in different places around the world, that we feel that they're they're next to us in a way. And that that feeling of being with someone on an adventure is just amazing and it's it's one of those things with vr that you can't really describe or or tell someone about until they actually experience it or, and and they feel it for themselves and i think that's the magic about vr is that feeling of presence that you can be with other people and for me that's what it makes me so excited about the whole vr mm-hmm. uh platform in general for for me it's uh it's the uh, the immersion Really of like, you know, that you can literally say like, you know what, tonight I'm, I'm going on an adventure, you know, and you, you put on your headset and you're in a completely different world and you get sucked into a, a story. I think that is uh, something that, I mean, you can suck it into like regular 2G, 2D games and movies and all of that, but, you know, VR just takes that really to like the next level. And that is for me really the thing that excites me so much. I would say the unexpected, and you know what I mean by that when I say that, John, is in VR, when something comes at you and you didn't expect it, whatever that is, something jumping out of a wall, something that that you found that you didn't realize was part of the experience, that for me is the part where, like, you can break the rules in VR, and so I would encourage developers to just do that, like, Okay, maybe you've got a train simulator game, but all of a sudden, boom, you've got karaoke in there for just no bloody reason. Like, sometimes those forays can be really valuable, and that's actually what I found in From Other Sons, and I I won't, you know, give any spoilers. Those of you who've seen the clip will know it. Um, (laughs) But I I have never been more terrified in a VR experience than I was in From Other Sons. I would just say that. (laughs) I have never left in the air in another experience than I have in From Other Sons. I'll say that video got a lot of play in the office. We enjoyed it thoroughly. Glad you did. (laughs) Working as intended. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, for me, um, it's like, um, it's just like meeting people you would usually not really meet in real life in a way, you know, where it's like... uh, People always point in a way in real life, like, ah, you're looking like that, so I would never be friends with that person. And then when I meet people in VR, and then I start to also, like, follow them on Twitter, for example, because you, like, also want to socialize with them on a whole different level, then you realize sometimes, you're like, but this is a person I would usually say, like, yeah, but I don't like a person like that, or he's or she's looking like that. So, like, the judgment is gone in a way, you know? So you... Uh, like VR lets you meet people that you would usually not really meet, you know? And like, again, about VR chat, I I know I keep on rambling about it. It's like one of my favorite things of this year, but like, you know, then there's a guy, he's a penguin, okay? I'm just chilling (laughs) with a penguin for an hour and yeah, haha, it's funny, it's a penguin, it's not a person, but then he's like, hey, uh, you want to play something else uh, later? And I'm like, yeah, sure. And then you jump into another game, then he's telling some more about himself and then, then it starts to get interesting where you really become friends in a way, you know? And yeah, so VR really uh, brings new people together in a way, you know? Yeah. Social-wise, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the show has run on uh, super long, but this always seems to happen when we have developers special. on board because it's, it's, uh, it's always great uh, communicating with developers about games and, and getting their perspective on things. Uh, so I'm just going to wrap up the show now. So just to remind you guys that this is a weekly VR, AR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the UK and 10 a.m. in the central U.S., if you miss the podcast, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or you can listen to the audio-only version, which is available on Google Play Music and on iTunes. So thanks for joining us for the show. I hope you enjoyed this one. And th- very, very special thanks to John for joining us yeah. as well. We really, really appreciate you coming on board. Uh, so thanks again to you. And uh, we'll see you uh, on next week's show. Thanks. And bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye.